Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. folks, and thank you for coming back to Bard's Logic, Political Talk, part of the conservative conversation. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, being here uh, as uh, I return or when we return uh, to the airwaves uh, after my uh, long hiatus. It uh, wasn't out of, uh, that I really wanted to, uh, but it was something that I, I needed to do. It's great to be back. I hope uh, we can be back long term. Uh, and, you know, we can maybe go into some uh, other details later uh, on why the uh, the long absence. And, boy, there, there was a lot uh, a lot to talk about in, in the time uh, that we were gone. That is for certain. I hate to have missed it. Um, but, you know, as things go, uh, well, that's just, you know, just how it is. But uh, it's great to be back. Uh, again, hopefully it will be uh, long-term. already got uh, some folks on the line who – uh, want to give us uh, updates on what's going on with them and what's going on uh, recently. Of course, we'll be talking tonight about uh, Kavanaugh's uh, recent uh, confirmation and all the hoopla that was surrounded that. Of course, uh, we also found out uh, just a day ago about Nikki Haley uh, resigning her position. She'll be uh, gone by the end of the year. Uh, so we'll be talking about uh, that and how those two things could possibly affect the midterm. And we'll have uh, some discussion about the Trump Space Force, what it is, what it's about, uh, and why it's important. And so we'll uh, bring that on uh, for tonight's show. And so we do, again, as I uh, have some callers, and I uh, appreciate it. And uh, we'll bring them in as uh, the order that they uh, called in and push the one on the number dial. So well, let's go ahead and bring our good friend in uh, from Hawaii. And that is uh, Joseph Mangy. Thank you very much, Joseph, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Fine, thank you, Roger. Robert, it's a pleasure to be back on. I'm glad the show is back on the air. How are you? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. Things are are getting better. Um, you know, as uh, folks know, I don't know how much detail we'll get on on the air, but uh, as folks know, especially those uh, are close to us here at uh, Bart's Logic, know that you know my daughter is going through some some health things that I had to attend to. And unfortunately that was taking time away from the show and me and uh, being human, unfortunately, uh, you know, I had to put some things to the wayside, you know, work couldn't be one of those to make, you know, money and things of that nature and taking care of her, of course. And then, but of course one thing had to go. And at, at this point it, it had to be the show, unfortunately. Uh, but if things are, are, are getting back, uh, getting better than that, it's uh, good to, uh, but to be back, be able to do, uh, be able to do it. So, uh, better. We're not, you know, it's not complete. It, it may, it's going to be a long-term process, uh, maybe even a lifelong process pending. Uh, I've learned a lot in the past uh, couple months uh, that we've been dealing with 
But the fact that we've been going through this uh, thing with her since May of uh, of this year, and, and perhaps we'll uh, you know get into more details later as, as, as time goes on. Uh, but how about yourself, Joseph? Um, we've got uh, Dr. Tolbert also on the line, ready to chime in. Uh, he said he's got some exciting news. We're hoping to also hear from uh, uh, Kelly Mordecai as well as uh, hear from. Now, others, you know, give updates. Of course, we'll get to our topics tonight, but I know there's a lot of talks and updates uh, to go to. Um, and so uh, Jim Connor Jr., hopefully we'll be hearing from him as well. Uh, but what about yourself? Uh, how are things going uh, on your end there in uh, Hawaii? Well, unfortunately, my political journey ended on August 11th. The uh, gubernatorial candidate I was representing didn't get the, across the finish line. And hmm. so uh, that's the end of my journey for this election cycle. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Was it, I guess, the primary? It was the primary, exactly. And hmm. uh, she came close within seven points, but not close enough to defeat the incumbent. Hmm. Yeah, I always hate to hear that. You like to get some fresh... Uh, Fresh people in there, certainly. So, um, man, so, so what, what, do, what do you have uh, next going on? What, what's your plans now? Uh, pretty much I'm just uh, in anticipation for the midterm elections. Uh, I'm, I'm very nervous uh, because uh, if the outcome is where it goes to the Dems, we're in a lot of trouble, more trouble than we're already in as, as, as we speak. And so um, it'll be uh, monumental um, and very important that uh, the Republicans maintain majorities in the Senate and the House. Um, if they don't, um, I just don't see any any pathway of uh, President Trump being able to implement his agenda. So I have my fingers crossed. Oh, even worse, I was... Um... Even worse than than that. I mean, yes, definitely the agenda. And of course, they're they're kind of putting it on uh, the back burner. Of course, they they would love to try to uh, impeach Trump. And think of this. But uh, actually, it's probably gonna be next week's show. Um, and I was gonna do it for this one, but you know, some things that developed. Of course, with Kavanaugh and Nikki Haley. But um, not only because I kind of got into an argument uh, with a, a liberal friend of mine who unfortunately had to. Uh, un- unfriend, which I do very rarely on Facebook, is unfriend somebody. But she got very, <laughs> she got very disrespectful, um, you know, you know. And so I just, I just had to end that, uh, that relationship, uh, you know. So, thing that she, you know, she, she posted kind of made me think is, you know, tr- Trump's not the only one they're going to come after. I think they're going to go after Pence too, and I think what they're going to try to do is connect, you know. You know, first come out and say, "Oh, well, you know, Trump did this, this, and this. That's uh, impeachable." And uh, Pence knew about it, and they're going to try to, you know, connect him with it, and then try to get him. And then, of course, if the Dems take the House, well, who's going to be next in line for president, uh, Speaker of the House? And if you have, oh my, could you imagine that? So if they were able to impeach both Pence and Trump, and have like Pelosi be the uh the president by that way oh my gosh can imagine but that that's their thinking i believe that's their plan they're keeping it i think um quiet now 
but but I think that's their plan. So I mean, definitely concerned about the agenda, but even more so, you know, things totally getting stopped uh, by some something you know like that happening. I, I don't think that scenario is as, as far fetched as as many may think. Um, but who knows? One of the things we'll discuss tonight after I bring you Dr. Tolbert and others once they uh, want to push uh, come in, push the one on your number dial. I'll, I'll get you in. Um, on how what recently happened with Kavanaugh, I mean, what, what the Democrats did and how the, they really, again, showed their cards uh, when it came to, uh, you know, the Kavanaugh nomination, what they did to try to, I mean, confirmation, not nomination, confirmation, what they did to, to try to stop it. And, um, you know, just, and I'm sure, you know, more, uh, you know, the lies and setup is going to come up, you know, it's going to come out as things go by. Um so certainly we're going to, uh, you know, keep an eye on that um, and, you know, and how that could, you know, possibly swing. You know, uh, the uh, conservatives in the base, Republican base, needed something to uh, get them riled up, you know, get them get them going. I mean, as I said, you know, months ago, you know, when people are like, why are you already talking about the midterm, you know? And, you know, Sean Hannity, for people who listen to him, always hear him say every election year, this is the most important election of your lifetime. Um, he always says that. I mean, he's been saying that for election after election. You know, I think this past time with Trump was – he might have been accurate, and now he's saying this midterm could be the most important midterm in your lifetime. Um, and this time I might actually think he's right because if things such as the, you know, his, his agenda, things such as you know, the uh, new Space Force, those things are not going to happen uh, if the Democrats uh, you know, control the House. Uh, and are, if they're able to do what I, you know, what I believe that they want to do, and we're going to get to all that, we got plenty of time. We got other folks, you know, online. Of course, you know, uh, Joseph. I will be keeping your uh, line open, uh, and then uh, we'll, of course, bring our uh, do our roundtable discussion. But let's go ahead and get some updates uh, from our friend Dr. Tolbert. Thank you very much, Dr. Tolbert, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, you know, interesting enough, the conversation you're having, I think, is about the fact that the Democrats have destroyed their their ability to uh, take over the House because what they did with Kavanaugh, we're going to find that there are going to be more independent, no-party individuals that are going to go with the Republican Party just because of the way the Democrats conveyed and it's been proven and there are going to be charges of felonies against individuals that has to take place to include members of the Senate and uh, individuals who produce documents that are now proven to be fraudulent. Um, I think that's the story we're going to get into tonight. And, of course, the other story is, you know, who's going to be the next uh, ambassador to the United Nations, and I'm the guy that says that we need to pull out of the United Nations completely, and I'm in totally disagreement with the United Nations, and that the president has withdrawn himself from the international uh, courts uh, with uh, mm-hmm. the current ambassador. And so the question is, why are we even involved in the multi-millions of dollars? We need to start a new uh, means of protecting the rights of countries that are on our side and eliminate countries that are not on our side. There's articles, and I'm going to bring this in for a reason. Uh, There's articles now out that uh, China should be the one to convert uh, Venezuela as uh, China uh, converted Somali and other countries. And in 
January 2017, I was uh, told by God to pursue Venezuela, and I wrote articles and sent to the president the war and the problems with Venezuela. Now, the relevancy of that is now I'm in Trinidad, and exactly 21 months ago, I met a young lady uh, doing my job through Facebook, Messenger, WhatsApp, and uh, Sunday I got married. And I married a woman from Venezuela with all the problems in Venezuela. Her mother and sister traveled. Uh, we sent documents to the organizations of American states. Uh, we've sent documents to the president about the issues in Venezuela. Uh, these issues are continuing. So some people would say it's by coincidence that I'm writing articles on Venezuela, and then I end up marrying a young lady from Venezuela and then letters to the Organization of States concerning Venezuela, I think there's a tie to everything that we do, uh, Robert. I think what's happening with your daughter, what's happening with your life, uh, it takes time for everything to change. When I was in the airplane business, I was making four or $500,000 on a Friday night, exactly January the 28th, was exactly the same date that I met Alicia, uh, 1999, God took me out of the airplane business, and I became a pastor. And I went to school and got two masters and a doctor degree, and I was a caregiver for three ladies. And everybody says it's a coincidence that, you know, these things are happening. And I don't believe in coincidences. I think that your passage of time uh, is coming. I think that you're going to see great things happen. I, I know we get concerned about it. Uh, just as we get concerned about what's going to happen with the midterm election. Uh, we hear everybody talking about midterm election, but how many people here, Nelson and Scott, uh, running uh, for the Senate, and there are five write-in candidates, and I'm one of the five write-in candidates for the United States Senate, and yet they're spending $40, $50 million apiece. Or the fact you have a communist socialist Democrat who's being paid by George Sawyer's, uh, to run for the governor of Florida, and yet DeSantos is now uh, swinging uh, where he was falling behind after the uh, things that happened uh, with the Supreme Court justice. We're now finding DeSantos has increased and is now ahead by a couple points. So everything that happens uh, with uh, the president and things that happen with us personally and uh, things that are happening within the states. Um, we could find that everybody knows that I support uh, the president. And even though I'm a no party affiliated, what if I got selected as the senator from the state of Florida to sit as an independent? And my support is not for the Democrats or Republicans. My support is for the president of the United States, which all the senators should be doing and not because they're a Democrat or a Republican. So there's a lot of issues uh, that you're going to be talking about in your show tonight, and everybody's going to look at them as a coincidence that I submitted my resume uh, for the temporary ambassador of Trinidad. Uh, in two weeks, I'll be at the embassy sitting down with them. Um, will, it, will it take place? No answer to this. Uh, will I be going to Panama? Will I become a professor of education in Trinidad? Um, the issue with my wife and the problem with visas, they just opened up nine countries. Uh, the fact that the Organization of American States are now filing petitions for the capture and arrest of the president of uh, 
of of Venezuela, uh, the fact that a newspaper article says that China is going to go take over Venezuela, and we've already said they've done that. So there's all these issues. We sent a letter that I wrote in 2015 in the next two weeks. It goes to the new Supreme Court justice directly to him, and it'll be about the um, uh, religious rights. It'll be about the rights of marriage, uh, the constitution of the first, tenth, and uh, uh, the 14th Amendment. Uh, we will send him a 15-page document uh, explaining to him uh, how in 2015 the Supreme Court made a ruling that was totally unconstitutional. Uh, we're going to ask that he relooks at it and opens the case again. Uh, we're going to relook at the rights of abortion. We will. We have their direct emails. Uh, we will email it to him. We'll email it to the president. Uh, now that I'm in Trinidad, you know, it's a little different uh, than what I did with 100-page documents that we mailed in September. But the documents we mailed in September covered uh, communism, Islam, Sharia law. It covered uh, Puerto Rico, uh, Venezuela. It covered uh, bring jobs home, terrorism. Uh, it covered uh, 17 articles to include one on CAIR which is a uh, group of individuals that are being funded by Obama, uh, multi-millions of dollars to help uh, Muslims in certain areas before Trump put barriers. Uh, all these factors that you see, everybody says they are coincidences. There's no coincidence that your show is tonight because for the last three weeks, I couldn't have been on your show. <laughs> so uh, I got married Sunday and, my wife gave me permission tonight to be on the show, so let's go with that. Okay, Robert? Well, well congratulations. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen the photo of uh, of your wife, and, yeah, she's looking very beautiful in that dress. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> certainly, uh, certainly uh, yeah. very much. Um, yeah. And, uh, we've, you know, we've yeah. got another uh, – go ahead. Yeah, and just imagine oh. the age difference between the two of us and how God has blessed me with a woman of this nature. I mean, it's just – it's really a blessing. Well, yeah, and um, well, I, I can't say more on that at least right now, <laughs> Doctor Colbert. Certainly, again, congratulations, Amen. and yes, it's uh, definitely a beautiful bride there. Uh, we've got uh, Doctor uh, from Washington, from Florida, on. Uh, well, uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. Uh, are you surviving? You getting any uh, some winds down there from that? Uh, you're in uh, Fort Lauderdale, I think, or somewhere by there. Are you getting hit by any of the hurricanes? No, not really. Uh... I'm in Fort Lauderdale. There's really nothing going on here except that I'm very happy to hear uh, Dr. Tolbert talking sanity. Uh, I'm on the same page as he is, and um, I'll just be happy to sit and listen. You know, people said, you know, who's going to replace Nikki Haley? That's the first sane answer I've ever heard. We need to get out of the United States. Uh, communist New World Order nations and Nikki Haley, uh, which I posted because um, I had a I had a, a professor that uh, <laughs> Dr. Tolbert may know of. Well, she's a she's a pistol, um, Christine Timmon, who taught me the um, Constitution, and I was a doctor for 25 years in New York, and she taught me for like five years, and I did a l- little research on Nikki Haley. And her parents were uh, born in Canada. Her father got a Ph.D., not a, a medical doctor, and he was recruited to a college in the Carolinas somewhere 
which did not qualify as an autonomous entity. Therefore, neither former Governor Haley nor her father are legal citizens. That's all I have to say for now. <laughs> so let's well, bring and, that and, in and, the fact that you've got the same issue with Rubio, who's, your, who's our senator in Florida, and I also know Christian Kevin. But Rubio, uh, parents uh, did not get naturalized and were not naturalized for four years prior to Rubio's birth, and they never naturalized him after they became natural citizens. And under the Constitution, we've written the articles, and I, of course, know, uh, I don't know if you knew that uh, Ms. Timmons was my lieutenant governor when I ran for the governor of Florida in 2004-14. She ran with me. Absolutely. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that we have to bring together. The storm that uh, Robert's talking about is actually up in the panhandle. It's already passed. Oh, you're right, you're right, that's right. Not not a south, right? But but it's worth worth a comment because it was supposed to be really a – I don't mind him bringing that up. I I mean, I know well about the storm. It's a – you know, and I hope everybody is safe. Oh yeah, we're in. Uh, well, we've got uh, one in Hawaii, and we've got one here in. Uh, you know, I'm in Ohio, so no, no hurricanes here. And we've got uh, our next person we're bringing in, uh, Susan. And I think she's she's gonna was was excited to chime in when you guys brought up about uh, getting out of the UN. <laughs> um, and, and we'll talk about the replacement, but we can also talk about that as well. Uh, and that is um, our friend Susan. Let's go ahead and bring her in from Idaho. So we're we're, we're calling in from all. All around uh, the United States, uh, uh, from all the way and, across and, wide to uh, <clears throat> Florida to and, Idaho. And Trinidad. <laughs> and Trinidad, yeah, we're even all the way over uh, from Trinidad. So, man, we're <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I've had this call for like three weeks. Amen. It's going on four now. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, all the way from Trinidad. And so, let's go ahead and uh, welcome Susan. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm fine. I, Why do you want to chime in about that UN, huh? <laughs> uh, well, the Bush Society, even in the 60s, were saying, get us out of the UN. And so we shouldn't even be replacing her. There shouldn't be a her because there shouldn't be a UN here or anywhere, I would prefer. But, you know, if they want to be here, they can pay all the rent. And if they want to be here, well, they have to follow all the rules, which they get away with everything. But I would prefer them not here, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Rockefeller was the one who donated the land to them. So he should go be a citizen of the UN country, whatever that is. I think they're an entity unto themselves, really. Um, And Nikki Haley... She's a neocon. She's been a supporter of, well, I, I think we would call her a New World Order, Goldblatt type. Yeah, uh, the, Illumin- the Illuminati's is, yeah, Illuminati is Rockefeller and her and a lot of people that are in the wrong positions right now. So I agree with you. Thank you. Uh, you should become a member of the John Birch Society. <laughs> um, they would welcome you, I'm sure. Um, yeah, it's it's pitiful. I, I I don't even want to discuss it because I I just there's nothing to say except get us out, get us out. I'm done with it. I've been done with it for years, 
and uh, we have battles on all sides. And if we got them out, that would be just one less battle. We'd be saving money. So, yeah, yeah all the battles that are going on, it becomes a soap opera turns as the world turns in over there in D.C. Uh, I'm, I'm sick of that, too. Really, I... I I had to become a fan of Kavanaugh. I, I like him in some ways. There's a few things I don't like. I don't like he was part of the Patriot Act, but then I'm not happy with anybody who even remotely supports the Patriot Act. But I am pleased with Lindsey Graham because, I mean, better than what I was, because he's really, now that he's out from under McCain's shadow, he's become a little tiger. <laughs> So yeah, that's a good, that's a good way. Yeah, that's that's actually a good way of putting that. Um, yeah, that that is interesting. Yeah, I I called and I told him, to say, you know, I said thank you for you know him standing up for something like that, and I hoped he I would continue to do so. So I think we need to thank anybody who who stood up against all all this. And did you know that there is Mike Adams was in Health Ranger, <clears throat> wrote this. They're forming death squads to plot murders of senators and families and stuff. Uh, yeah, that's being done. I said, well, you know, behind every movie, I can see in some way, shape, or form the purge coming. I've been watching the series, and I've seen one of the movies. I can, you know, I can see that happening. I really can. Something along that line, at least. So, uh, that's not a pleasant thought. But I can see some murders being attempted. And whether it's of your uh, character or whatever. I don't know if you agree with me on that. But uh, uh, when I watch The Hunger Games... Um, then the next group was, so oh, that other one, oh, I can't think of it, go over the wall, eventually, they had divided factions and stuff like that, um, and now there's the purge, you know, these are all kind of like, in a weird way, warnings of what, in some symbolism form, could be coming to America next. Well, and that's the you know three things we can bring to to Joseph. Uh, one is um, you know bring on the since we're talking about the the UN now, uh, you know what what's your thoughts on them? You know because we have definitely have differing opinions here on you know because let's be honest. I mean I think the UN's good whether we like the UN or not. I think the UN's here to stay. I mean I don't think they're ever going to get rid of it. Um, yeah, I don't. Now will they get them to pay more than? You know, into it like I think you get you gave me that number, Doctor Tolbert, where it's, you know we pay twenty eight percent, you know, of the of the cost for uh, the United Nations. Of course, we provide, you know, provide the security, all this other stuff. Um, but Joseph, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that? And then two, I mean, I don't know about the, you know, the, the purge thing or anything, but um, I mean, they do say you know art imitates life or life imitates art or what have you. You know, it's kind of funny. You see, th- see things in, like, movies and TV shows, and they, they try to kind of – I mean, I, I could see where people think, where, yeah, they were trying to get people, you know, 
ready for something happening by putting it in, you know, uh, movies and TV first, but I don't know. But, uh, that you know, so the U.N., I think it's here to stay. I mean, but let, let's hear from you, Joseph. Uh, yes. I mean, in my lifetime, I, I highly doubt that the U.N. will be disbanded. A um, hundred years down the road, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it did become disbanded. Uh, has it lost its sense of purpose? Uh, the whole reason as to why the UN was formed after World War II, yes, I believe it's 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 been lost in translation for a long time. Uh, the reasons as to why it was uh, implemented after World War II is to have a kind of a checks and balances, and and preventing a third world war. With that in uh-huh. mind, um, you know, um, I think it's lost its its purpose and it's not carrying out its functions as should be. And that's where I do uh, agree with uh, President Trump, especially in the finance area, as why it's unfair that uh, as a country we are paying or we are financing the the UN more than any other country itself. Um, So the UN, yeah, I I agree. It's it's a mess. It's no longer serving its purpose. If it were up to me, I could snap my finger and it could go. Um, You know, it'd be wishful thinking. Um, at the same time, of course, with uh, Nikki Haley resigning, uh, it it could have a negative factor in the midterms elections. It, it could, but I, I, I really don't think it would. Um, it, it's just going to give the Democrats the narrative that there's dissension within the ranks. Uh, but with that in mind, um, I agree with Dr. Tolberg. Um, I think the UN should uh, cease to exist if it were if it were my call. Uh, I just don't foresee that uh, Robert happening in my lifetime. In in all reality, I yeah, uh, let's, I, let's get let's get into the reason why the UN should be closed, and it's because of the Illuminati's, the Jesuits, the Federal Reserves, uh, the Catholic Church, uh, the directions of the Pope. Uh, the fact that the communist nations who have supported Iraq, uh, the fact that the justice system, uh, the international courts are filing suits against American soldiers. Um, there is a lot of background of why the president should reopen the pages that we sent him on why the U.N. should be closed. Is the president looking at the uh, voluntary uh, re- uh, removal of herself, nothing is done on the basis that we vision by what is pre- presented. So there's a hidden agenda by the president of why he's pulling her out of the UN and why there is going to either be a new member or a new consideration how we're going to adopt the policy because remember she stated and took us out of the Justice League, and she only is following the orders of the president, she cannot make comments uh, unless they are in line with the president. And so far, the five people that are volunteering or non-volunteering to be the next ambassador are really not qualified to be in that position. And one of the comments I made to Robert uh, that although Trump does not have female 
staff members as numbers that he should based on the percentage of females in America versus the male population and the fact that the Supreme Court justice hired four ladies to put in place and the first or I think the second African-American clerk uh, ever to be put on the court, he's considering more female possibilities to take over the position than males has, and I'm not being gender positive or negative, I'm just bringing up a statement. Our men are no longer qualified to lead and when you go to school and I got my doctor degree and there were 36 students getting a doctor, only three men were in the class. Women are more highly educated, they're more aggressive, they're doing more things and the men population in the United States have totally faltered their own responsibility according to the Bible. So we have a real big problem in America right now. Well, and among those people, you sent me that uh, link, and I appreciate it, of the, of the possibility. Now, remember, uh, as to if, you know, that affecting the midterms, I mean, there will probably be discussions. You'll be talking about who the replacement will be, I'm sure. Um, but I believe she's going to stay until the end of 2018. So, that, I mean, which is going to be here before you know it. So, uh, now one of the people that people, uh, this ain't going to happen. And uh, it drives me nuts when, when Trump brings up like his family members <laughs> and people go, and the media gets, gets all bent out of shape for it. Like, oh my gosh, he said this about his daughter. He said that. It's like, of course you're going to say good things about your kids, right? So, of course, one of the people they're talking about is Ivanka Trump. That's not going to happen never going to happen. I, I just don't see it happening. If it does, I, I think that would be a really bad thing. But that's one of the people's Ivanka Trump. Um, but I really, I mean, I, I really don't. I, if it's For one, she's not qualified. I don't think she's qualified at all, not for that position. I'm sure she's qualified for, you know, something other, but I don't think she, you know, she's qualified for that. And then there's Dina Powell, you mentioned. Um, now, but my problem with her is that, you know, only after a year of being the deputy national security advisor, you know, she stepped out, you know, so I was, you know, reading through this and I'm like, plus she's, you know, Goldman Sachs and, you know, I don't like that connection either. You know, so I mean, that wouldn't be my pick. I mean, but you're right. That, that, that's the second late woman who's there, like in the possible running. Um, uh, then there's uh, Richard Grinnell or who uh, is in there. Now he's, um, was a spokesman that says here for uh, four U.S. ambassadors to the U.N., uh, holding uh, the job from 2001 until 2008, uh, and he worked for John Bolton, uh, John Bolton, uh, there, and then uh, and he's also, uh, you know, worked in Germany, you know, so that's that's one. But I think I think he might even be the only. Is he, no, okay, Huntsman is also on there. Now he's the. You know, you know, Utah governor. He ran for um, president. Uh, he was probably the only, uh, you know, guy who made <laughs> one of the few guys that made sense during the the, the primaries uh, was um, in 2012. I mean, he was all right, but um, you know, and then of course, you know, you know, there's some others who might come to mind. But then there's Heather. Uh, uh, I'm going to destroy her last name. Uh, Nowert? Is that, is that what it is, Dr. Trump? Um, I'm going to go with Dr. Trump. You know, so I, I just don't know who um, – I mean, even out of even no, those people, I really don't know if that any any of them really 
would make a good UN ambassador. I mean, of course, I think Gingrich would be good for pretty much anything. Um, but no, I just, you know, and his wife, she's the, uh, speaking of Catholics, I mean, she's the, you know, ambassador to the, the Vatican, uh, uh, Callista is. I mean, I, I mean, but still, I think he, you know, he does definitely have the experience and, you know, you know, to be uh, the ambassador to the UN. And once, and that's one of the promises of, um, that Trump has not kept. I mean, I was even there at uh, a rally in Ohio where Gingrich was with him. I mean, Gingrich was one of his staunchest supporters throughout his entire campaign. Um, and I remember in Ohio he was saying Gingrich would, uh, you know, play, have some place in his administration, and that hasn't happened. So if you want to talk about some of the uh, promises that Trump has not kept, uh, that's one of them. I mean, but, you know, so it, there's others out there. I don't think any of that on that list uh, – Really would put the bill. I mean, if I had to pick one of them on there, um, I would probably think, frankly, Huntsman would probably be, uh, for me, the top candidate to be the uh, the you know next UN ambassador. But I mean, is there anyone uh, that you, you might have in mind, uh, Dr. Tober or Joseph, who you think would be uh, a good fit for that? I mean, I know we wanted to get you know wanted to go away, but since it's not, I mean, who do you think would be a good uh, person for the post? I think Joseph should go there. <laughs> there you go, Joseph. Put in your resume. Uh, yes, uh, I I appreciate your voting confidence, but uh, uh, I don't think I'm up for the job. Definitely not. He doesn't want to <laughs> get back I to New York, Dr. Colbert. Today, under Trump's uh, uh, agenda on the issue of the next uh, ambassador, I sent him a, a tweet and said, don't forget Dr. Tolbert is still available and you have his resume. Maybe you should relook at your U.N. ambassador closing down the U.N., and I'd be more than happy to go close it down for you. So that would be interesting how he looks at that when I send it to him, when I send it to him today. You know, I think another person that may be good, you know, and we haven't seen her for a while, and I think she's done with politics. Is Condoleezza Rice? I think she'd be a good. Yeah. Can- I think she'd be a good candidate for it. That's probably a good comment. Uh, there's several people that have been in different positions um, that should be considered, but I think the five he has right now, he needs to eliminate and come up with another one. I really do. I can't see. Uh, the one that was there between 2002 and 2008 created greater problems for America, cost us more money, uh, did not support uh, the proper things with uh, Iraq. Uh, we got into more issues uh, in those times. And although the lady spent two years, average time for the UN ambassador has been about two years. So she's getting out in about the same time frame that the, all the majority actually spent. It's going to be interesting, the fallout of why she's really leaving. I think there's more mm-hmm. than a personal lecture, and that's something that why are they pulling her out before the midterm? There's definitely going to be a fallout or something happened uh, that would have affected the midterm. That's why they decided to announce it now. So, Wait another month and watch what happens before the tenth of November. Well, yeah, and I, mean, I think and again, I think she's going to be staying till the end of the year. Um, I mean, right. why if that, if that is indeed the case, why announce it now? 
you know, you would think that, you know, if she's not going to leave to the end of the year, why not wait until after uh, the midterm election? That's exactly the mm-hmm. question everybody's asking. Why did they announce this 30 days before the midterm and then come up, well, I've known this for six months. Uh, she's not going to leave till the 1st of January. Uh, and I want somebody selected and put in office. Uh, but the president has three months to select the persons. He doesn't have to select it before uh, the midterm. So is this another way of just reorganizing the medium, getting to talk about different subjects, get off of his subjects? Is he playing uh, with the, uh, uh, the newspapers and everybody? Uh, is there an underlying course? And she could decide, well, she's not going to re- remove herself after all, and she's pulling back her resignation paper. So it, there's, there's going to be interesting. Well, you know, and again, uh, you know, we said earlier that we think, you know, one of the speculations is that, you know, with her kids in college and things that, uh, you know, that, that she, you know, she needs to make more money than, I guess, what that uh, position can afford her, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there really wasn't anything stated. Now, she, I mean, except that she says she believes in term limits, and I think what you said earlier uh, can really fall in line with that. Is that you know, on average, that's basically how long they stayed. Uh, I mean, that's a factoid I didn't really know, to be honest. Um, but if that isn't, you know, that's the average age they stay, then she's pretty much just, you know, doing what they always done, right? You know, keeping it right. uh, where they they're in for a couple of years, and you just. Uh, you know, uh, for a couple of years, and, the, and then they switch out. But, you know, of course, the Democrats are going to try to use everything they possibly can uh, to, you know, make, as you, as you suggested, Dr. Colbert, um, you know, the, the uh, Trump administration's in chaos, <laughs> you know, so. Exactly. And there is um, issues concerning everything that's going on right now is to confuse the public and that is what the political parties are doing. And you're seeing now that the um, uh, past uh, people in the Obama administration are now uh, saying we're going to go after and destroy the Republican Party, and we're going to do exactly what they did, uh, the Republican Party did, in electing uh, the new uh, Supreme Court justice. Uh, and, and they're not bringing up the fact of what they created with the news media and everybody in the fraudulent actions is setting the tone of why nobody should vote for the Democratic Party. Unfortunately, we're not being brought into the picture that there are no party-affiliated independents, and everybody thinks that you have to be a Republican to support Donald Trump, and you don't have to be. Uh, the question that they have as a Republican Party, would I vote along the agenda of the Republican Party or the Democrat Party? And the answer is very simple. What is constitutionally correct is what I will vote for. If it is non-constitutionally correct, then whether you're Republican or Democrat, you should not be voting for an item that's going to become a law. Our 99 senators that, you know, there's actually 100, but I'm using 99 for a token if one was no party, are not supporting the Constitution. And there should be impeachment And can the Supreme Court, who can and can Trump under the executive branch, start impeaching uh, the multi-millionaires that are running our country today 
that it's not representing the U.S. Uh, population. Throwing in the chat, we've got uh, Bringing It Boy, uh, who's uh, suggested that the reason she uh, currently six months ago is this, you know, stuff coming up at the the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, I mean, that that would have been a lot. I mean, you know, going on at the same time, of course, we know uh, that took front and stage, uh, you know, for a while. Uh, yeah, bad, political bad optics, you know, is, is, is what uh, he or she said. Um, you know, and, and in part I agree, but I mean, I don't know how long she's known. I mean, this is definitely a fresh, you know, definitely a fresh story. And as of course, if time uh, moves on, then we'll, you know, we'll get more, you know, we'll get more details. But it will be interesting when they'll actually start talking about uh, her replacement. I mean, will it be, you know, soon, or will it be, you know, re- I mean, I know we mentioned something about his daughter, and I really wish, you know, he he wouldn't say stuff like that. But you know, I mean, he's of course he's gonna. You know, bring them up and you know mention them, but I mean it's not gonna. You know, I really don't think that will happen. Now, whether he fills, you know, I, you know, and that's the thing that drives me nuts. I mean, I don't care if he fills it up with a man or a woman; just fill it up with somebody who's qualified. I mean, you know, I mean, someone who's gotten, you know, at least had some kind of uh, ambassadorship or did it something with you know foreign relations or you know or been in a position where you know. I mean, you know, that they have the knowledge, you know, uh, you know, things of that nature. I mean, again, I mean, and Gingrich, he's so versatile, you know, I think, he, you know, he'd be a good pick. But I'm, I'm starting to think that he he don't want to. <laughs> I'm starting to think that, he, you know, he's done with politics. I mean, yeah, he did talk about it, write about it, uh, things of that nature. But actually being in the fray, you know, doing anything, uh, holding any type of uh, post or office, I, I don't even I, – I mean, I would wish he would be because I think he's – uh, you know, a national treasure, but um, I, I think he might be done and, you know, and played his bed for king and country, uh, so to speak. No, but I think he, uh, I, yeah, but I think he is a member of the Trump staff. And the reason I say that, I get an email from uh, Gingrich at least five times a week about support or take a poll or uh, make donations or do something. Well, yeah, I, so I, well, yeah, I actually got some. Donate. Yeah, I got some donations thing for just conservatives right. from, uh, for you know, I, I actually got text in my phone and I haven't checked the link because it has a link there. And I mean, when when you just get a, you know, if I get a text from a number I don't know, even if it says Gingrich on it, and it's follow a link, I'm kind of leery to follow, you know, follow any type of link like that. So he is maybe the one going to run the campaign, and the U.N. ambassador is now saying she's going to support the campaign and not run against him. So they're really maybe setting up the 2020 uh, campaign, and that's why she's stepped down, and that's why new people are going to go in. That's all the, uh, you know, you can relook at it from that standpoint because she's getting into how much she's going to be behind Trump, how she's going to support Trump. Uh, she's going to help Trump win the election. Uh, she could right. end up as a new manager, and that may be the reason why she's stepping down. And uh, he definitely, in February, has to start looking at the campaign in 2020. And this is what we said oh, yeah. to Donald Trump, is that February is your cutoff date to get everything in order for the new election. And uh, all this stuff is coming together in line with, with the uh, fact that you're a year and a year in February, you'll be a year and a half away, and you need to jump on it. It takes that much time and money uh, to to be elected president. It's 
uh, into millions and close to billion dollars just to be elected to, to an office, which is totally out of order of the Constitution. So it's it's a real issue uh, that our American uh, people who are qualified to be president of the United States more so than the people that are actually running can't put the capital into it. It's it's crazy. Uh, just in order to get on the ballot in all 50 states is going to cost you somewhere between 250 and $400 million just to get on the ballot. Forget about the fact you win. Uh, it's 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 uh, it's totally out of uh, content of the U.S. Constitution. I don't know. I, I well, yeah. have my reservations <clears throat> about uh, go, go ahead, uh, to uh, to resign. I kind of feel like she's pulling a, uh, a James Comey of what he did uh, when he dropped the bombshell uh, a month before uh, the presidential election back in 2016. See, Trump is very calculated, and he's very strategic. And to me, uh, it doesn't seem like it, – it, it makes it – perception outweighs the truth, and it makes it seem by her announcing it so early that there is dissension amongst the ranks. And so I actually think there's more than meets the eye because normally I would think knowing that the, the caliber of a person that Trump is and being so strategic – um, if there wasn't more than meets the eye, I think he would have asked Nikki Haley to delay the response because I don't think he wants anything to interfere with the midterm election. He, he doesn't want to take anything to chance. The fact that she has done so with so many reservations and questions that are unanswered doesn't seem like it was something that she was doing in collaboration with President Trump. And that's where I, I have my reservations about that completely. I feel like she's pulling a James Comey. Robert? Hello? I hear you, Susan. I don't hear Robert. I don't. I'm muted I'm myself because I, I, I had to get a charger. Um, but but what would be the motivation? I mean, and, and I I think there's you know logic behind it, uh, your 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 thought there. But what would, what would be the motivation for her to do that? I mean I mean I know there's some people speculating that you know she might want to run again and or or, or not running again, you know or, or run you know for president in 2020, which she's already state, stated she doesn't want to. But what would be the motivation for her doing that? I mean, to be very honest, if you look at the uh, administration from day one, uh, from uh, the day that uh, Trump was inaugurated, a lot of people who he uh, chose in key cabinet positions um, eventually wound up having to leave or haven't been asked to leave or resign or step down. And so this would not be a first um, whatsoever. Uh, this kind of seems to be the norm, and I think this has been a major problem of the administration, having so many people appointed to different positions and then later on either resigning or asked to being stepped down. Even, uh, uh, you know, um, Jeff Sessions, there's a lot of reservations as to oh, whether yeah. uh, Trump is going to keep him on, you know, after next year. So this is not out of the norm whatsoever. As a matter of fact, it's not a surprise whatsoever. In the first few months, you had Sean Spicer, who eventually had to step down. 
You had Ryan Priebus who had to step down. So you've had a lot of people in key positions that initially started out and today are not here. So um, it, to me, this is uh, this is the norm. This has been one of the biggest setbacks of this administration is having so many people uh, being appointed and then later on having to leave for what one reason or another, more so than any of the previous administrations combined. And what are your thoughts on that, Susan? Because, I mean, you sound like you were wanting to uh, make, you know, give your thoughts on that. Uh, well, no, actually, I had found uh, – well, you had mentioned women and and, and ambassador, you know, uh, who might fit. I have a person that might fit that role um, because of the article. Rand Paul's wife makes disturbing nine-word confession. I now keep a loaded gun by my bed, and I've never felt this way yeah, in my that. life. Okay. Ah, she seems very smart, very nice. Um, I'd like to see her get some kind of whatever, push for something. Um, Has she ever been in anything? She, uh, I mean, I, I don't ever really recall ever seeing her in anything, to be honest. Not that that's no, a bad thing. No, but... Uh, but I'm... I'm I'm sure that she uh has learned from her father in law and husband. Um but uh I mentioned this and oh my goodness. Not that particular but about <sighs> women and Van Paul and well anyway, I got trounced. I, I well they didn't beat me, they just jumped all over me. Women's rights, blah, 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 I tell you, it was like, oh, my gosh, they're worse than men. Um, But anyway, um, the other thing is I found the article just now, and I'll copy and paste it. This is not the thing that appeared with the health ranger. Rand Paul warns of assassination peril after a Kavanaugh battle, worried that someone's going to be killed. So you see, I am not the only one. I'm not the only one that's thinking this is going to happen. He really, I believe, and they mention her again in there and what she says. Um, so I think we have to be prepared for anything. And, uh, you know, prevention is better than cure. So just throwing that in. I'll let you get back to whichever, whatever. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and then because of, so you think she may very well, uh, Joseph, and I see another uh, 808, so another uh, Hawaii caller. I'm, I'm going to get uh, into the green room a little bit, get your name. Uh, but, Joseph, uh, do you think that maybe she's uh, – I'm not going to use this strong term to say maturing candidate, you know what I mean, but, you know, I mean, a part perhaps of that deep state, and she's just kind of doing this to throw a wrench in the works. I mean, so if, I mean, through my understanding, she's done a lot of, quote, unquote, you know, Trump's bidding when it comes to the United Nations, but, um, it, I mean, none, nothing would really surprise me at this point, but. 
I mean, honestly, um, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Nikki Haley. She's been a wonderful, she served as a wonderful governor. Um, she has a wonderful uh, track record. And she was uh, the, one of the very first uh, to accept the position uh, at the beginning of the administration. And so I don't think it would be in her character to try to sabotage Trump uh, in any way, shape, or form. If anything, she's probably resigning for her own reason. Uh, but at the same time, is not going to smart about it. At the same time, I think for any Republican candidate who will even try to primary Trump, I think that's political suicide. So if, in fact, she has any ambitions of running in 2020, I think it's political lunacy. Uh, the party will not go for it. Uh, the base will not go for it. Even as divided as the GOP is, uh, they are not going to, uh, in my opinion, uh, support somebody to primary uh, Trump. So anyone who has those ideas in their mind, I think they need to get their head examined. Uh, no, no pun intended. Uh, no disrespect men, but it's just political suicide. So I don't see that as a scenario. I see that for whatever the reasons are, you know, she's going to take her ball and, and run with it. But uh, the way she's gone about it or the way the administration has handled it, obviously, to me, it seems like uh, she's not collaborating with Trump because I would think that Trump would have asked her, you know, if you're going to resign, uh, just don't say anything until after the midterms. And the fact that she is going on record and stating something that, you know, could give the perception that there is dissension in the ranks so close to the midterms, I don't think is a smart move whatsoever. Yeah, it was on, yeah, definitely untimely. Um, I don't know what they're, you know, like I said it's only been a couple of days. So I don't know what type of uh, spin they're going to put on. I know they're trying to put on their best face. Uh, so far, just with you know what I read, with what Trump has said and what she has, um, who knows? Maybe something medical has come up. You know, that was my first inclination with somebody to come out that quickly. For that, maybe uh, something medical with either herself or uh, a member of her family. But then when, she, but then when I read that she's going to stay uh, until the end of 2018, it makes me question: Well, why come out with that now? You know, wait thirty something days, right? Until, uh, and you know, until then. And now we have another gentleman on on there from uh, Hawaii, and that's uh, Kavika. So let's go ahead and get him on the show. Very, uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh doing quite well. How about you guys? Now, are we talking about uh, Governor Haley stepping down? I'm sorry, Ambassador Haley stepping down for her position at UN. That is one of our topics discussions tonight. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I got to. Uh, I like to comment on all of them, but yeah. Well, as for uh, Governor Haley stepping down, I think it is a little premature that she would do that. However, you know, in the words of uh, Ronald Reagan, "Trust but verify." Haley has always, you know, extrapolated that attitude that she is somewhat part of the establishment that she'll do whatever it takes, you know, to reach the top. Now, of course, me being a Carolina boy, and oh, my name Kaviga and all, what she did to the people who, uh, you know. Represent the the rebel flag. Granted, it is a Democrat flag, but it has transpired into so much more. I I had friends who had rebel flag tattoos all over their their body, left and right, you know. And I'm not Caucasian whatsoever, but I think you know I understand how her attitude is. She does move towards the mob, so to speak. But her announcing her uh, departure so prematurely, especially before the midterms, and 
you know, that that does question a lot. However, Haley has always, you know, said that she is against, she's for term limits. But why would you do it at a pinnacle when right now uh, we have Justice Kavanaugh, he was just appointed, Republicans are getting their, you know, they're, gra- they're grabbing a pair, let's just say that. And then you just, right, there you you go. just gave the media. <laughs> You gave the media more fodder, and I don't understand it. I, I really don't understand it. And Trump's, I guess, his question, I guess she's a, a Iranian-born gal, but she has ties to a Goldman Sachs. Is that correct? Uh, uh, Egyptian. Egypt, oh, okay. Yeah, I think they Egyptian. said she's Egyptian. But, um, no, no, that's yeah, that is, that's, uh, that's Dina Powell. Yeah, Dina Powell. There we go. It was it was at the tip of my tongue, and I was like, oh wait, I know that name. I've heard it so many times before. But yeah, that's uh that's what's in question too. But then you know, there's also the rumor that uh, you know, Lindsey Graham's going to be the attorney general. But you know, I don't know how that's working out. I don't, and but, I don't think. Uh, I mean, and yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I, that's the second time I've heard that um, today. I I don't think Lindsey Graham would make a good AG. I think if they you no. know if they're going to replace Sessions, which I think they should. I, you know who I think people might want to pop my head. You know, I don't want to say that, but people might get angry. But I think, uh, and I said this for a while, I think uh, Ted Cruz would be a good AG. I agree 100%. Uh, Ted Cruz, he is a constitutionalist, an originalist. Uh, he will not, you know, he will not go with party uh, with party lines. He will lean conservative. Let's just say that. But he is hated. He is hated with his, you know, the Senate. But, I mean, he's going to win his reelection against Bethel. There's no, there's no if, ands, or buts. The Texans are going to come out in full force for Ted Cruz. And, and yeah, Robert I think he's got a uh, really good. And he, and he is a, he is a good. Uh, I mean, he, he's a good. Uh, what, what term am I look? Uh, attack dog. I mean, he, I mean, he's been. I, I mean, he's been. I mean, he surprised me. I mean, here's the thing. I, I always liked him as a senator. I couldn't stand him as a presidential candidate, but I did like him as a senator. <laughs> I will, you know, I will say that. And my girlfriend here, you know, she was always she was always on the Trump train because you know Trump's a businessman, and that's why you know to answer uh, Joe's question, Trump is a businessman. He is not a politician. If you cannot perform your job, he's going to oust you. It's as simple as that. It's nothing personal. It's business to him, and that's why he's been such a phenomenal president because he treats it like a business. If you're not adapting, you're out of here. Sean Spicer, he, he, you know, Melissa McCarthy was attacking him on, on SNL. You know, Trump went. You know, the story is that uh, President Trump went to his son and daughter. What should we do about this? And they said, Dad, you got to get rid of him. Okay, we'll do it. And then you know, bring on Sarah. Yeah, Spicer wasn't that. Uh, yeah, Spicer wasn't that that good. I didn't. I, I didn't, know. It, I didn't think he was very it, good. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain freeze on who 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 is the press secretary Sarah now. Sanders. Uh, yeah, but, I think she's doing a much better job. Oh, a, I think she's doing a much better job than, than Spicer. Yeah. She's the daughter of the greatest governor Arkansas ever had, Mike Huckabee. Everyone says Clinton was uh uh-uh, uh Huckabee was. Huckabee had surpluses when he was the governor. And he laid down the law. And he was very well liked. Well I knew that she would be a I knew that she'd be a phenomenal choice. And she doesn't take it she doesn't take any guff from anyone. She will call you out. And you know she puts the media. You know she gives the media stuff to work with, and I think I think she enjoys the adversity. To be honest, are, are you talking about okay. Haley? Uh, no, no, not Haley. I'm talking about uh, Sarah Sanders. <laughs> watch, watch no, okay. That, but I think, oh yeah, she kind of yeah. she kind of thrives on being up there, putting the media in their place. <laughs> Correct. She's a true Leo. Let's just say that. <laughs> enjoys the attention. 
But, yeah, back to Haley. I don't know what her plans are. And like Joe said, anyone who goes against Trump is political suicide. I mean, at this point, you know, I have this thing that, you know, the next step that Trump will run for is, you know, not to offend, you know, your Christian viewers. He's going to run for the son of God because there is no one who can take him down. There's no one in the Democrat Party who can take him down. So you have Kamala Harris but, and, just going to throw and, and, and you're making a point that I was getting ready to. Yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, and that's why the Democrats are attacking so much because they have no one. They have no one right now that could beat Trump in 2020. No. And, you know, I have a lot – I have one of my best friends. You know, he's back in North Carolina. He's a Democrat, and I told him, look, you have to go back to blue dog status. I said, you have to go back to the days of centrist. You have to think like James Carville did when he went to Bill Clinton. He said – you know, Carville said, he goes, you got to change your hair, tell Hillary to shut up. She's now Mrs. Clinton. You do the talking. You're a southern gentleman. You got to start – you have to start attracting them because Bush has got an 87 uh, percent approval rating. So – but yeah, there's there's absolutely no one. I even a, a Kennedy couldn't take him. Kamala Harris, uh, Lyle Wata or uh, Focahontas. Uh, there's absolutely no one who could take on Trump. And you know, like I, you know, like I've been saying, Trump is literally following the print to the T. And you know, I ain't saying, you know, I said one of the greatest people who've ever lived in all time is uh, Niccolo Machiavelli, and Trump is following his rules to the T. The more they hate him, the more his base loves him, and they, they don't get it. And you know, yeah, the, I don't understand. That's a very valid point, and I and I and I think you, Kabiki. Uh, uh, I think that's a great segue to uh, our next topic. <clears throat> we can come back to this if we if we have time. Um, okay. And I want to start. I'll start with you, and then I'll bring it back to uh, Joseph, and then I'll do Doctor Tolbert, and then uh, over to you, Susan. Is that uh, <clears throat> with Kavanaugh? I mean, we all—I'm sure—we're all familiar with how how it went, and and I, I think you made a great point where you know, with being Machiavellian, uh, the more his opponents hate him, the more you know hate on him, uh, the more his, his base love him. I mean, and, and galvanize it. And that brings us to our topic where, I mean, do you think that Kavanaugh? Do you, do you think we'll start it with this? Do you think Kavanaugh being confirmed helps or hurts the Republicans? In uh, you know, in the midterm elections, and why? I got two words for you, Lindsey Graham. And being a North Carolina boy, I, they don't we don't like South Carolina too much. You know, it's that dual it's that uh, duality of anger, dare I say. But he came out out of any anyone came out swinging and showed him what a true Republican is. He fought against adversity, and when they attacked him, he didn't care. So yes, I really think this helped Trump a lot because people are saying, man, Republicans aren't taking it anymore. No more appeasement. You know, I put Lindsey Graham in that stature of Winston Churchill when they all said, you know, we have to we have to talk to Hitler, we have to appease him. And you know, Churchill said, you cannot negotiate with a uh, tiger when your head is in its mouth. You know, he saw, you know, he saw beyond that. He knew, you know, that Hitler was a tyrant and there's no way of negotiating with him. Lindsey Graham saw, saw the mob for what it was. They don't care if they destroy this man's life. They're going to make sure that Trump falls. So he was the backbone that said, no, we're going to fight. We're going to confirm it. And quite frankly, I'm disgusted that we have politicized this, uh, the Supreme Court. You know, um, I was talking with a good friend of mine today that this isn't the first time that the Supreme Court was truly politicized. I mean, the very first one, of course, was Robert Bork. You know, he got Bork, and I came up with the term Kavanaugh. You got yeah, that's, Kavanaugh. <laughs> that's even a trail. That's even a phrase now. Yeah, exactly. Now you got Kavanaugh. 
no, the Bork. I don't understand that. But I was telling my friend that, believe it or not, the very first time the Supreme Court was going to be politicized was back on the uh, the appointment of uh, Justice Hugo Black. Is anyone familiar uh, familiar with Hugo Black? Anybody could speak up if they like but on that. Just a yay or nay. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, to be honest. Okay. Hugo Black was one of the most prominent forces of the Supreme Court of the 20th century. However, when he was being appointed and he, you know, he was seen before, uh, before the Senate, Republicans found out something on him, and this was a secret Hugo Black kept all the way to his grave. But Republicans, you know, they were more, you know, there was more class in politics. Hugo Black was an associate member of the Ku Klux Klan to his dying days. However, he believed in the rule of law too much. You know, even though he saw Jews and blacks, Latinos as inferior. He still up, uh, he still upheld the law, and he was one of the key decisions in uh, Brown versus Board. Well, anyways, uh, the Republicans had the Senate majority, had the Senate, and the majority leader leaked this out to FDR and said, "We know his secret. He is a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and we are going to sh- we are going to put it out there. I want to make sure he does not get confirmed. It would have been the first. It wouldn't have been Robert Bork. It would have been Hugo Black. FDR blatantly said, "A man's private life is his private life, and that's it. And we're trying to help the country here." And they said, "Okay." We'll put it to the side. Fast forward to today, they want on an accusation with no corroborated evidence. I mean, they literally destroyed, they tried to dissolve this man's character. And it was just absolutely, I was disgusted. Yeah, and, and it was proof. I mean, because when they, uh, you know, she just couldn't remember anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and when they, you know, finally came out where, you know, and then of course the trip put all Trump's, uh, you know, mocking her. He's basically saying, look, she didn't remember anything. You know, I mean, you know, at least not, not a lot of specifics enough to, to show anything. Plus, you know, she, uh, to my understanding, that the years were changed, uh, whereas first she tried to say it was in the um, – uh, it happened in the mid-'80s, you know, when this happened. Uh, but, of course, Kavanaugh wasn't even – and she said it was like four people or something like that who did it. Um and then she changed it to the early '80s, you know, when he would have, uh, you know, actually been back in high school, you know. So make, and then she also said that, you know, oh, I'm claustrophobic and I don't like to fly. Well, you know, she flies, oh. she flies around all the time, you know. And I mean, and what I heard the other day, she even fly, you know, would fly in a a a, a single prop plane. And those things are pretty mm-hmm. claustrophobic. If you're claustrophobic, oh, you're not going to go to a single winch and prop plane. Exactly. Also, too, I knew her story fell apart when she said she used a friend's cell phone. Cell phone was not out there until 1984, and only the super, super rich had access to them uh, before then. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate because my girlfriend, you know, she's a, she's a corporate businesswoman, and she was always in technology. She said, yes, I had a cell phone in 1984. I'm like, wow, the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, only the super rich. So I highly doubt a 15-year-old teenager who – and I really, you know, I really don't want to put that out there, especially – but this Me Too movement, it, it's it's lit, it's just mob mentality. So what I'm going to say is that, you know, you saw the pictures of uh, Justice Kavanaugh. He wasn't a bad-looking guy. You know, he comes from wealth. He's from a distinguished family. So, he's you know, he's going to have his cream of the crop. Makes sense, right? And then you see mm-hmm. the pictures of uh, – you see the pictures of uh, – I'm not even going to give her, 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 her recognition. I'm just going to call her Ford. Yeah, I highly doubt that. You know, I mean, I really – I put that out there too, hashtag I highly doubt that. And – what they did, you know, to, to Kavanaugh is just, it's almost unforgiving. But the silver lining in all this, 
Kavanaugh was appointed, but we have to give kudos to his wife. She stood by her. She stood by her man. She she saw that this was a false accusation. She saw these were lies. His daughters, his family saw that's not our dad. That's not my son. We're going to stand by him. Well, it, so kudos to the Kavanaugh and you, family. And, and you know what they did differently than what the people did against uh, against the women who uh, you know you know stated those things about Bill Clinton. Right. They, they, through my understanding, they never attacked her. I mean, Hillary Clinton was saying all kinds of stuff about you know the the, the women who were accusing Bill Clinton, you know. But but they they you're right. They had a class and and they didn't point the fingers. I mean, you know. I mean, Kavanaugh said one time, you know, his daughter said, "Well, let's pray for her" or something like that. I mean, that that, yeah. that may or may not be accurate. I'll take him at face value. Um, mm-hmm. But still, I mean, they they weren't you know you know plastering you know. You, you know, or blasting her or anything of that nature, you know, um, you know, so just the difference between, between those two things. And hopefully, hopefully people will see that, you know, in the, in the, the midterm elections and on how that's going to affect it. But now do you think that the base is going to be more riled up that he got, uh, and I'm bringing this to you, Joseph, then I'm going to bring it back around to everybody. Uh, now, do you think that the base is more, uh, energized the Republican base is now more energized now he is confirmed or would you think or do you think they would have been even more energized if they really held off uh, his confirmation until after the uh, after the midterms? I honestly think they're more energized that he was confirmed and I think if they would have chose to have delayed his confirmation I don't think they would have been as energized and enthusiastic. Because, I mean, um, you know, Kavanaugh um, by far went through one of the most vitriolic, uh, egregious, uh, you know, routes uh, of confirmation in in the history of the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. Never has a candidate been so scrutinized and so demeaned and um, with a vengeance from the left to destroy his name, never has this been at the level that it was with Kavanaugh. This was a, a precedent. This was a first. It's, it's never reached this low. And so it's a major victory for conservatives, and it's a big psychological blow to the liberals. So at the end of the day, I think conservatives are going to be more enthusiastic. I think they already are. I think they already are more energized. And I think they're ready to come out in, in big numbers and support uh, in that ballot box to make an unequivocal statement uh, that what the left uh, put Kavanaugh through was unconscionable, beyond the point of no return, and they're going to make their voices uh, be heard loud and clear, uh, just as they did in 2016 when the unthinkable happened when Trump uh, became elected. So I, I 100% think they're going to be... Um, they already are energized and ready to go, and the liberals are at a big disadvantage because uh, this is a major uh, blow to them. Yeah, I mean, and, no, I'm, I mean, I can't say this is a you know bellwether for everything you know for the whole country, but I mean, I definitely see more uh, you know Republican slash conservative signs you know in our areas. Uh, I know there's one guy who's you know running against Steve Shab, and I tell you what, and I'm not normally. Uh, you know, vote for Republican, any Republican. I, I, I never, I never am. 
Um, but the thing is, is I mean, if, if they get, you know, even enough numbers to try to impeach Trump, but I, again, I do think they may even try to uh, get, you know, put something together to do the same thing with uh, Pence, then you can kiss that. Yeah, you can, you know, they're going to try to get, you know, Pelosi or somebody to be the next president just by having two people uh, uh, impeached. Uh, so let's but let's bring it back um, uh, to Dr. Tolbert. I mean, you know, what's what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that um, you know they're they're energized, or you think that? Uh, no, let me ask you this: Do you think that who's more energized, Republicans or the Democrats? You think that now they're going to fight harder uh, because you know they want to get. Uh, Trump and, and there's even talk about impeaching Kavanaugh. Okay, and if you get the, uh, you know, I guess enough in there, but the House and Senate to try to impeach Kavanaugh. I mean, I guess there's always possibilities. I mean, but do you think that you know they're they're more so? Uh, we're going to see that blue wave. I guess is the, the question I'm asking. And no, you and you know, Florida, we, that's an important state. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you and I discussed this earlier that the fact is that the Republican Party is gaining uh, a higher percentage of people that are going to vote Republican based on what happened with Kavanaugh uh, because the independent and no party affiliated individuals see uh, how the Democratic Party operated under not following the laws of the Constitution Congress and committing fraudulent acts. So this, this becomes. So you might have to call a man when it's your turn to speak because I don't think that that he knows I'm in that on that show. Can you hear me okay, Robert? Yeah. Robert? Hello. Back to Did we lose Robert? I don't know what happened. We were talking. Yeah, there you go. I was getting I was getting a background noise. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was in the yeah, I was in the green room. Uh, we got a two zero eight. Uh, another, I believe, Idaho on the line. Uh, uh, pushed one to said they want to get into the ship. Up, yeah, I just want to bring Go up ahead. two things, two comments, and then I'll get out of this conversation with Kavanaugh. Oh, Number one, oh, no, uh, no, Ted yeah. Cruz was yeah, Ted Cruz was behind uh, the trade agreements. His wife was behind it. Ted Cruz is not a U.S. citizen. There'll be people that want to argue that comment with me at some time and point. The fact that his mother gave up her citizenship, he never got naturalized, and his father didn't get naturalized until two years uh, or just soon before he ran for the office of the United States presidency. Uh, There was a lot of things in that issue why we should not be discussing Cruz. Cruz also voted for Obamacare. He voted for everything that the Democratic Party wanted. He has not presented himself. And if I could get Nathan on the show with you guys, who normally is a a guy very heavily involved in things of this nature. So we're going to take Cruz out of the picture. Kavanaugh, and we discussed this, has actually changed the position. There is an increase of people voting now. They've already shown on all the news medias. Uh, and there was also the comments that if and should the Democrats win, they would impeach Kavanaugh. That is going to make the difference of the Republican Party winning the election and pulling and continue to have uh, control of the House. 
And Susan, let's uh, let's go ahead and get you, uh, get you in on this. Do we still have you there, Susan? I, I was on mute. <laughs> oh, okay. Hello. Yeah, and, and is, do we have Gene on the line? Because uh, I think that um, I tried to uh, do some uh, call screening for Gene, but maybe he's on mute too, and he could I couldn't hear him. Uh, but go ahead, Susan. Ah, uh, yeah, I think he's on. I think he's on the line. Okay, well, I'll try Gene? to get him in up here. What? What? Uh, what yeah, go ahead. What, I mean, how do you he think that the Kavanaugh dominant? He wants to know if you can hear him. Hello. Okay, we'll see about trying to get him in. But uh, Susan, what? I mean, what? How do you think the uh, the midterms going to shape up? And uh, in light of you know the recent developments with Kavanaugh being, uh, you know, get, you know, getting in and getting the confirmation. I mean, it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be uh, a mess. I know that. <laughs> I really do. It's going to be a, a stressful night that Tuesday evening. Let me tell you. I'm going to vote ahead of time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Even though it'd be nice to walk in and say Rand Paul Revolution like I did last time. But <laughs> I think this time I'll just kind of slip in quietly like a little mouse. <laughs> no, I can either vote ahead or I can uh, send in my absentee thing, which they actually a Democrat lady signed me up. She came to the door and she said, we're just trying to get people to vote. And I said, well, I'm registered as Republican because she had just informed me that she was Democrat. And she goes, that's okay. We just want people to vote. (laughs) So I said, okay. (laughs) She was very nice, actually. So, and I told her I didn't like the little otter thing. And I really didn't care for her gal who's Democrat, so I wasn't sure. I'd been urged by a Republican and then her to vote Libertarian or Constitution Party. <laughs> so, well, and, and, norm, and so well, normally, you know, you know me, I mean, normally I would. Like, uh, like if we had a representative, someone running for, uh, you know, representative, you know, from a, you know, any third party, really, uh you know, for our, from our district, you know, generally I would uh, be supporting them and then also trying to get others to support as well. Cause I mean, I, I want to see a multi-party system. I'm tired of the, uh, the duopoly that we have. Um, I, you know, I like to see, you know, system more similar to Ireland's, but, um, but I mean, I think, you know, and I, and I said before, <laughs> I actually agree this time with, uh, Sean Hannity, at least on this point where he's always saying it's the most important midterm election in your lifetime. You know, it's like, okay, you say it all the time, but this time, much like in the 2016 election, I think he's right this time because, I mean, everything that Trump's done and will do, uh, and for me, I'm, I'm going to be talking about the, our, our next topic at the top of the hour, which is near and dear to my heart, and that's, of course, our space program, and they're talking about, um, you know, the, the Space Force, uh, which is totally going to be d- gone if the, the, if the Democrats get uh, back in power. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's for the top of the hour. I'll talk more about that, but I mean, you know, seriously, I mean, if, if they get in, I mean, everything, all, all this, you know, you know, populist agenda is what I like to, you know, dub it. Uh, it's gone. I mean, it's it's going to be gone, and, and Trump very well may be, and Pence. I mean, 
you know, I, I'm not an alarmist, but, you know, and, and and they may come after Pence too. I mean, I, I think they started to a little bit, but then they backed off because I don't think they want to reveal what their true plan is. And I think, I truly do, think that if they get in, they want to not only impeach Trump, you know, they want to are going to go ahead and go after uh, Pence as well, and now they'll even go after Kavanaugh. And of course, if they have, if they're able to get Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh in, then you're not you're not going to get any, uh, you know, any other Supreme Court. And that's another thing they're probably scared to death of is you got you know Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's you know I'm not saying she's dying, but you know she's not to sound crude, but she's not getting any younger. And the Democrats, I tell you what. You know what the Democrats are giving her for Halloween as candy? They're giving that lady lifesavers. Because let me tell you, they do not want her going anywhere because I think the next person that Trump even has in line is going to be more conservative than Kavanaugh. May I interject? Um, no, Mary um, – oh, gosh. What, I'm trying to remember her, her last name. Uh, what is her? Um, let me pull this up. I, I'm, I'm having a brain freeze, but um, let me. Can I interject Amy, something, Robert? Amy Barrett Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. And then I'm going to bring uh, Gene just, in. Go ahead. Yeah, just real quickly for those people who think that we should vote for somebody that's not a Democrat or Republican. I am running for the U.S. Senate, Florida, and I support Trump 100 percent. And I don't believe you should be voting for a political party, but you should vote for the person who is qualified and understands the Constitution. And as a retired master sergeant, a pastor, and a doctor of education, uh, I believe that I can enforce the rules of the Constitution and the Senate and that the things that we're talking about with the U.N., with the uh, uh, senators not taking on the issues properly, uh, the trade agreements that Trump had to do and change, uh, the things that our senators are supporting and the rewriting of the laws and closing down the departments that are not covered under the Constitution. There are only 17 departments authorized in the Constitution. The Department of Education needs to be closed. Uh, there are the uh, drug enforcement, uh, the uh, air quality control, uh, these are all state issues, and the states are not taking on the issues. The Democrats, the House, and the representatives are not taking the issues. So, you know, we're talking about a midterm election, but we're not saying there are five states that could flip over into a Democrat or Republican party. What about people like myself that are running for the Senate but support Trump more than any other person that is out there now? Uh, Robert. That's a very good point. Very good point. Well, if I, if, Go ahead. Uh, no, no, if I can interject. Well, you know, I, you know, I like what uh, Dr. Tolbert's saying. You know, my favorite amendment in the Constitution, I believe the two are the Ninth and Tenth Amendments. Now, the Tenth Amendment is a very powerful amendment because it's a reiteration of our preamble of what the Constitution really is. And this is a state issue. The DEA and EPA, Department of Education, these are all unconstitutional things. These are state issues. That is why the founders made sure that the Tenth Amendment was paramount to understand how our constitutional republic works. Uh, going back to you know, jump the subject. Going back to the court, impeachment is not this thing. This is what's funny about Democrats. You got Mad Maxine, low, uh, 
Focahontas. They're all saying they're going to impeach uh, Trump. They're going to use the 25th Amendment. You know how incredibly hard it is to invoke the 25th Amendment? We're talking about that the president would have to be brain dead, and he'd have to show that he's brain dead for a couple weeks. Then the vice president has to bring it up, uh, bring it to Congress. No, he is not fit to serve. And then it must be almost a two-thirds vote just to get it in there. Then the Senate votes, and then it has to be passed. It's not going to happen. So everyone keeps thinking, you know, Trump's going to get impeached by the 25th Amendment. It's not going to happen. Secondly, Trump's not going to get impeached on what crimes. The reason why Bill Clinton was impeached and almost removed, they had a crime on him. He lied to the grand jury, you know, TBHM. It has to be treason, bribery, high, uh, high crimes or misdemeanor. Trump has done nothing. And this is what a lot of people – it just boggles me when people think he's stupid. Like I had an argument with a crazy Maisie. You know, she said when the going gets tough, you file bankruptcy four times. And I said, well, you know, this president has, has had over 528 businesses and only four failures. So if you take that in consideration, you know, that's about 98.7% rate. And in business, if you get a 20% rate, you're considered a god. Trump has a 98.7. So I, you know, reiterated back to her. I said, and how many businesses and corporations and buildings are named after you, Senator? And she walked off. So covering himself. He's a master of, of covering himself, of manipulation, of negotiation. That's what he does for a living. He did it for 70 years before he decided to run for president. He knows what he's doing. There's, he's not going to impeach. And second, and lastly, Judge Kavanaugh is going to be very hard for him to impeach. The only impeachment ever on the Supreme Court was Abe Fortas under a Democrat, under LBJ. They had him on something, so Abe Fortas was impeached. So other than that, you know, they can try all they want, but you have to have a crime. You can't just say, oh, we're going to vote you up because we don't like you. That's not how it works. Now, they can impeach uh, Sotomayor. Sotomayor is a part of two radical anti-American organizations, Reconquista, La Raza, and uh, FALN. I'm sorry, that's three. They got her on that. Uh, Kagan, she's a part. I, I believe she has still has a chair on the Planned Parenthood. Supreme Court cannot have anyone on the Supreme Court cannot have any affiliation with any political, you know, with any political ties whatsoever. So you know, this idea of impeaching, you know, Justice Kavanaugh is almost absurd. But I, you know, I see people's point. You know, why it's important to vote and make sure that Republicans maintain their power. No, I'm here. We're we're all here. Okay. Does anyone want to? Yeah, we've got. Uh, if anyone want to make uh, respond to that, we do have Gene on the line. Is also Mike, uh, so we're going to get them uh, both into uh, the show. But first, if anyone wants to make a response to that uh, prior to that, uh, go ahead, and then I'll bring in uh, Gene and then Mike. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with what Kavika has said. I mean, he nailed the head on the board. Uh, it's going to be uh, impossible to impeach Kavanaugh or Trump because he has not committed any of the uh, list of uh, crimes that he would have to, to be, uh, you know, um, eligible for impeachment. So um, I, I completely agree with Kavika. That's all I have to say on that. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Gene and then Mike. Uh, thank you very much, Gene, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Uh, doing okay. You guys are having an interesting discussion. I'd like to interject on your discussion, too, because, uh, first, uh, I think the main danger that Democrats may get a hold of the House, but uh, they'd, have to, they'd have to get it into the Senate. This is referring to Kavanaugh. They'd have to have 76 
uh, votes to even impeach him to pull him out of there. Of course, they'd have, probably have to have some charges. So uh, I think the main thing that the wife can start to be if the Democrats can win the House, if they can try to muck up things for a while as far as for Trump getting things done. And that's where the greater chance is if the Democrats are able to do something. Oh, yeah, I don't know if there's much, as much chance of winning the Senate. Um, no, but, I mean, yeah, ju- ju- I mean, just winning the House was. Well, yeah, but, but who knows? Go ahead, Gene. <laughs> well, that's, that's where people need to get out and vote and make sure they don't get the House. So that's, that's, that, if you're a Democrat and one of the especially strange Democrats, that's what you'd want to do is take the House. <laughs> Well, that's and, terrible. And, and that's terrible. Well, what my hope is, is, yeah, my hope is, is, uh, you know, of course, there's all this talk about the uh, the blue wave, um, and you know, people, you know, of course, you know, the conventional wisdom was that Hillary Clinton. Everybody thought Hillary Clinton's going to win. Hillary Clinton's going to win. Well, she lost. So I'm hoping when I'm staying up very late uh, that night, uh, you know, that Tuesday night. Um, Oh yeah, and you know, probably staying up on night, probably uh, is, is actually seeing a red wave where, you know, and then of course you know maybe yeah. some. Hey, you, let, let me ask you a, a question. You know, uh, and this is for you, Doctor Tober, real quick, and then I'm going to bring in Mike. Uh, now you have the, the the you know you have the Libertarian parties. Their 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 color is yellow, right? Which is interesting. But then you have the uh, Republicans, you know, that are red. Democrats blue. Uh, green Party, of course, is green. Does uh, well, your new party affiliation? So I guess there's not really any color associated with that. So I was just kind of curious because you know I know certain parties. I think the Constitution Party. I don't even know what theirs is. Um, but you happen to know what the Constitution Party's co- like color is? I was just curious. No, I know it's a weird question, it. but yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, we put them on the ballot in the state of Florida in 2016. They couldn't come up there with their electors, and I was. Uh, running uh, for the Senate, and they needed to get on the ballot. So I took all of my electors that I had, and I switched uh, 15 people over to the Constitutional Party and got them on. So they did get on the ballot in Florida. Um, But that's another thing, that the Constitution Party has faltered. The Independent uh, Party uh, has actually assigned people that are not qualified to do anything, and they need to I mean, you know, if Kelly was on the phone with us from California, he'd probably disagree with that comment, but they're no longer in contention. When we filed our documents for Citizens for America for for a uh, political party, uh, we followed the terms and things, and the state of Florida would not allow and has not allowed new political parties even to be on uh, uh, the agenda for the state of Florida. So there's a lot of fraudulent actions. Uh, for political parties and the relevancy of a color uh, designated uh, for a political party, I find intriguing when you look at the red, white, and blue. So let's go with I'll be the white, and they can be the red and blue. How's that? There you go. And uh, and speaking of Kelly, uh, he just uh, texted me shortly ago. Uh, unfortunately, he will not be able. He will not be joining us tonight. Um, by the description, uh, it sounds like he's on a date. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, so we want to wish wish him. I mean, well, he didn't say he's on a day. He said I'm with a it just I'm with a blonde. And I'm not gonna be able to make it tonight. So uh, yeah. <laughs> sounds like uh, he may have a date. To, <laughs> sounds like he may have a date tonight. And uh, after uh, Dr. Tolbert's uh, nuptials, we really can't uh, blame uh, uh, blame him for it. So, anyway, but he'll be he'll be back on on the show. I'm sure. Uh, so let's go ahead and, you know, as we do here, uh, Gene, we do keep everyone's mic on, uh, do our roundtable discussion. Uh, so we got uh, plenty of time this evening. And let's go ahead, and we got another Skype caller. I think that's our friend John. But first, let's bring in Mike. Uh, and, Mike, I didn't get where you're calling from. You're calling from Skype, so I didn't wasn't able to uh, see where you're calling from. Where are you calling from, Mike? Singapore, sir. Singapore? Well, that, yes, that's sir. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming oh. to the show. Yes, sir. And what I think, we are headed for October surprises. And also, if we don't go through October surprises, for sure we are going to have November surprise. And uh, the reason, just look at for the dates, 19th. And which we are not far away from it. And... So uh, we are about eight days, and you are nine days away right now. So, I mean, uh, they can go after Hillary Clinton, and they really uh, going to create a mass into the mass, and pretty much uh, either martial law will be announced uh, before the election in October or on November 5th. What do you think? What would be the cause of them uh, declaring martial law? What, what event do you think would happen? Okay, right now in Portland, Oregon, there was one black guy uh, killed in unjustified by the fascist police of Portland. Okay? And Antifa members, uh, right, they hold, this, hold the city hostage for many hours. No police, no National Guard, nobody, everybody lay down. So what I think is, you know, if this kind of br- brutality continues and with t- high-rise uh, tensions between the red and blue, and uh, it's very well, uh, they may also go after Hillary Clinton, in which th- then recipe will be hot like Mexican chili. So it's going to explode at one time or the other, my friends. And then as a result, uh, you know, they might even postpone the elections. Uh, and then that's where the mass riots comes, Antifa against uh, the other party, with the other party against other party. Everybody, you know, it's like a purge, the movie. Have you seen that one? So the, similar to that, they already predictive programming, you know, us every day, you know, what is going to happen. So what do you think, my friends? I mean, that's on the table. Well, Don't you think so? Well, well, Susan, let's go ahead and bring bring you into that because I believe you you mentioned uh, uh, the purge and you mentioned you know the, kind of a you know a possibility not exactly linked to that but still um, uh, you know to you know to the possibility. So what, what do you think, Susan? 
I, well, I think it's a yeah, call. That was a yeah, siren going I, I off somewhere. So. I think it's <clears throat> a strong possibility he and I might disagree on the reasons, but I do believe it is a strong possibility. Yeah, if he, I mean, if he's saying it's because of the Democrats, I I would agree because I don't think the Republicans are going to do anything but try to protect themselves like Rand Paul's wife. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of possibilities to all this. I don't know how many or how much or who, but I do I do yeah. think it's going to happen. Robert, I'm sure you know Dr. that Tolbert. everybody are arming themselves to the teeth right now in the United States, but not in Singapore. But go ahead. Two things. It was two hundred and some million dollars spent by George Sawyers on the Kavanaugh um issue. So everybody go back to that issue. Uh number two is the gentleman from Singapore is absolutely correct that George Sawyers will fund riots supporting the Democrats to oust and postpone the election. This goes back to the articles we sent to the president that George Sawyers should be arrested, his naturalization should be removed, and he should be sent back, which does not even allow him to return. They've actually um, prevented him from coming back to the country. I think it's Hungary he comes from. Mike, the gentleman from Singapore, how did you hear about the web link tonight? Uh, when, when did I hear what? How did you find out about the show tonight? Oh, just I was browsing and I like uh, your thing. I think somebody needs to mute themselves. Yeah, so, yeah. Somebody has some backup stuff going on there. I don't know who's got that. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you got sirens, it's uh, not mine. Outside. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like a martial law. <laughs> Already, in fact. Okay. Yeah, I just by browsing. I mean, I like what you. I mean, some of the things Kavanaugh may affect midterm and who to replace Nikki Haley. And regarding Nikki Haley, uh, I mean, she is uh, you know ancestry is from India. She's very nice lady, and she she really resigned. I think she still is until end of this year. She's the UN ambassador, if I'm not wrong. Is that right? No, you're correct. That's correct. She she did say she's gonna be there to the okay. end of the year. Right, right, good. And then so we are in same page. Okay, so you know, it's just unfortunately Trump administration so many resignation into resignation. I don't know what the hell is going on inside the uh, his uh, uh, you know uh, uh, echelon, his Trump echelon we call it. We don't know what's going on. Why everybody resign or everybody get fired? So that who the hell is going to remain? And all the jobs are unfulfilled, and so it's it's just uh, chaos already. Only, so yeah, yeah. only 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 twenty percent only twenty percent of his staff has actually been appointed. The rest of his staff was carryovers from the Obama. And one of the things that we asked, and with my resume, this is Dr. Tolbert, that I be allowed uh, to come in and reorganize his staff because he does not have the proper staff uh, in the White House 
and then you have the issue of the 1,100 positions uh, and only filling 20 positions, and then the Congress, the Congress not approving uh, the the people that they want into position. So the entire executive branch has now been undermined, as has happened in Venezuela, China, and even Singapore, being in the middle of a lot of diversities and issues from where you're at. You know, the United States is heading in that same direction. So somebody better get into the Trump's organization and reorganize his or he's going to find a real problem coming this 2020 election. Exactly. You know, chaos is, if you look at it, chaos is everywhere, chaos. In United States, is chaos. Chaos in Trump, chaos in Democratic Party, Republican Party, Green Party, and uh, any libertarian, etc. So, you know, its recipe is already there. So go ahead, please. And you, you definitely uh, know a lot about uh, – do you follow uh, American politics or because you definitely seem to know a lot about it? I'm American citizen. I am American citizen, yes, sir. I, I just oh, okay. work here in Singapore. Oh, you're, you're American citizen working in Singapore? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well, what, what are you doing in Singapore, if I may ask? Uh, for security uh, purposes, I'm declined uh, to say that. So. No, that's fine. No, I completely understand. No, that's 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 all good. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I understand because that. Singapore is a little bit different than United States, you know. And I don't oh, want yeah. to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't I want to you. get fired. No, I appreciate you I come to United in. States, and you guys don't give me a job because I have an accent. So then nothing. Then I become homeless. You don't want me that. <laughs> Yeah, and they, Just they won't give me a job because I don't have an accent, so now we have the opposite problem here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. I mean, both both I are understand. in the same page. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a doctor that? of education, retired military, and because of that factors, you know, they're looking for people unintelligent, unaware of the Constitution, that will follow the rules of the political parties and not the rules of the Constitution. So I think it's always interesting that we have to, it's like me being in Trinidad right now instead of, and here I'm running for the <laughs> November election. I have a better chance of winning right. the state of Florida's election in Trinidad than I do in the state of Florida. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right, sir. Yeah. You know, is, uh, and well, with the massive earthquake. The, the other, yeah, I got the other nominee's uh, name I mentioned earlier about. It's Amy Barrett is who I was thinking earlier about. You know, if uh, it may be his next pick, if he gets the opportunity to uh, nominate another Supreme Court justice of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, you know, isn't healthy or just decides to retire, so that she'd be, I think she might be the next person. But anyway, I just can't remember right right now, name yeah. earlier. <laughs> I remembered it now. I have an interjection. Right now, I would the like red. To... I would uh, like sorry, to red alert. I want to say that red alert should be going out uh, from the Vancouver, Canada to San Diego, California, because today, I mean, uh, within the last, uh, say, 24 hours or less, 
I mean, we have had 7.0 in Papua New Guinea, 6.0 Papua New Guinea, 6.5 Papua New Guinea. We had had 6.0 Indonesia again, and we have had 6.5 Russia uh, near Alaska. Uh, Alaska also had uh, 5.0, and we have a lot of shaking going on. So I, I asked everybody from Vancouver, Canada, if you hear me, to San Diego, California, you need to be prepared. Because there is a major earthquake is going to come, uh, maybe that is going to cause uh, uh, of the uh, mass riots and martial law, and uh, you know, uh, uh, election would be delayed as a result of the mass uh, massive earthquake in um, at least between seven to nine point oh. So this is very possibility. So if you are there better you get your act together, have water ready, if, I mean, minimum three days, but I ask you to have six, seven days more water uh, and food at least for two weeks because you will not have access to anything. Everything will go down suddenly. Like uh, last week also, we had a major earthquake, 7.5 in Indonesia. We had uh, over uh, 1,800 people died. So. Uh, you know, I just wanted to alert you guys. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Oh, you're um, welcome. Thank uh, you. Jean, you're welcome. I appreciate that. Um, Jean was trying to chime in too, Robert. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We, 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 you know, we of course we do the the one person at a time. But go ahead, Jean. And then we have uh, John on the line. We're going to get John in, but real a real quick programming note. Two things. One is uh, Dr. Holbert uh, is going uh, for the night. I guess he's going to get uh, go back to that new bride of his. Uh, so he would uh, bid us adieu, so to speak. Uh, we, of course, uh, thank him for coming on. Thank everyone for coming on the show. But uh, let you know we're we're nearing to the top of the hour here uh, on the show, which means that uh, if you're calling in, uh, whether from uh, you know, Skype or your phone or a you know, mic or whatever you use to call in. Uh, don't uh, let your call drop. Keep the battery charged because, unfortunately, uh, if your call drops in the next uh, 11 minutes, we'll not be able to get you back into the show. Uh, so make sure that uh, you'll be able to do that. For those of you out there listening, uh, you won't be able to call in until after uh, you know, after the next 11 minutes. So give us a call if uh, you'd like to listen in or even chime in at 347-945-7428. Uh, appreciate also programming note. Uh, I am still uh, accepting uh, donations. We have dwindled them down for send, uh, helping me and assisting me in sending my daughter to uh, Italy next year. Um, and you can go to the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, website and go to the Give page and click there and where you can uh, make your donation. I really appreciate it if that's something you uh, uh, can find yourself to do. Uh, but let's go ahead uh, and bring it back to Eugene if you get your comments. Um, and uh, then we'll be at the top of our hour. Then we're going to get John in. Again, you can uh, go to that site at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com and go to the give page. I uh, really appreciate it, no matter what that is. Uh, go ahead, uh, Gene. Thank you. Uh, yes, I thought Amy Barrett would have been a good pet for the, uh, for the Supreme Court, but they went with Kavanaugh instead. And She was my I first pick, yeah. I mean, Kavanaugh wasn't even on my radar, to be honest. But. <laughs> And then Dr. Savage with his show, he would have liked to have seen her on there, too. I think that's the main thing I have for right now. I have reserved the right to comment when I have a new comment. 
Sounds good. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring in John. Uh, Mike, uh, new, being new to the show, just want to let you know that we will keep your mic open so that if you want to chime in, we do what's called here the roundtable discussion, which means I try to bring things back around as much as I can to everybody on all of our topics. Or if someone wants to respond on something someone else has said, uh, we do like to bring that around. So if anyone wants to do that, they uh, their mic is open, uh, their line is open, uh, so that they're able to do that. Uh, uh, you're welcome to stay for the you know the rest of the show. When someone calls in, we keep them in uh, the call as long as they you know would like or are able to stay. So we definitely uh, appreciate uh, you calling in tonight and being with us. Of course, we're always uh, welcome for you to uh, stay with us and, and call us again. But we do, we do uh, you know keep that open for you. Yeah, and pleasure so is mine. And, Thank you very much. Dog, you're welcome. You're welcome, sir. It's, uh, it's a pleasure having you with us and. And uh, definitely uh, hope hope you stay with us. And at this point, uh, let's go ahead and bring in John, though. Uh, thank you very much, John, uh, for calling to the show. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Bard's Logic Political Talk, brought to you live on Blog Talk Radio. In about eight minutes, we go into the third hour of this show, which happens to be lovingly called Bard's Logic After Dark. So the Internet live feed may stop in about eight minutes or so at the top of the hour. However, continue listening to the last hour, Bard's Logic After Dark, by calling 347 945-7428. During Bard's Logic After Dark, make sure your phone is charged up and that you do not get disconnected because you will not be able to dial back in. So make sure your phone is charged up and call 347-945-7428 before the top of the hour. That's 347-945-7428 in the next few minutes. And if you just want to listen, you just listen. If you want to get involved in the conversation, just press 1 on your number dial, and host Robert will help get you into the show. Your unique perspective on the issue being discussed is equally worthy. So call 347-945 in the next few minutes for Bard's Logic after dark. Also, visit the website, bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, for all the information about the show, times, dates, topics of the day, and so on. You'll see it all there on the website. BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com Then share it with everyone Whether you know them or not Everyone BardsLogicPoliticalTalk.com You can even get Bards Logic Political Talk Podcasts of the show from iTunes That's right ladies and gentlemen Bards Logic Political Talk Podcasts of the show from iTunes You're listening to Bards Logic Political Talk On Blog Talk Radio Now get ready for Bards Logic After Dark Back to Robert Back to the show Thank you very much, I'm John. I, 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 couldn't do, I couldn't do that better myself. And we did have uh, Cindy Todd, who was, uh, we used to be one of our uh, long-term panelists. Uh, she was listening on the line, uh, unable to call in, but she was uh, listening, wanted to say goodnight, everyone. And uh, she misses everybody, and hopefully we'll be able to hear from her uh, soon. Uh, but let's go ahead and get to your take, John, uh, certainly. And now we've got about six minutes of that portion of the time, but we the show will uh, continue on to our third hour, as you stated. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, those two topics we've uh, you know, had so far tonight? Man, there is a ton of stuff to dig with all this. I mean, definitely, I think there's a, a number of different plans afoot. I mean, since you guys did talk about Kavanaugh, I mean, to me, we, we've been seeing this um, – how do you word it? It's it's watering down of the Constitution and the rule of law for a number of years going way back. And little by little, it's like 
the elite establishment are split. We got elite establishment communists. We got elite establishment um, socialist, elite establishment Marxist, and elite elite establishment fascist. And uh, as far back as I can tell, our country's been working from the standpoint of fascism, because every uh, administration, no matter who the president is or whatnot. It's all about the leadership dictating to the rest of us their little centralized oligarchy of fascist dictators basically yes. psychologically scamming all the rest of us. And so when Amen. we see – hold on, hold on, let me finish. So when we see Kavanaugh doing what you know what was going on during the Kavanaugh thing, I don't know if Kavanaugh's in on the, the game. Like a, this is a Machiavellian bait and switch scam, a sleight of hand, like a like a magician. They get everybody stirred up about oh Roe v Wade and and oh he's smoking dope or drinking and you know molesting girls back in high school and stuff in order to try to get us to change our mental paradigm about how we adjudicate what's right and wrong about our society, and then in the process of that. They're actually, number one, watering down how we do that, you know, how we decide what's really valid and how we move forward on them so that, you know, you get rid of the innocent until proven guilty. And now it's everybody gets to accuse anybody of anything by rumor, hearsay, or any kind of suspicion, and you're guilty and you have to prove your own innocence. That gives them an opportunity, number one, to water down the rule of law and to water down how we, you know, determine the value of how we move in our governing, how we get along with each other, how we relate with each other, how we interact with each other, and how we transact with each other, then it also gives them excuse to do further involvement of data mining, just like they did with the Russia thing. Bring some false pretenses, fabricated evidence and information, so that way they can continue to just run roughshod over whoever they want to. In the Russia case, they did it to Trump and anybody affiliated with Trump they would go after. But for some reason, you know, anybody that had Russian ties like uh, Secretary, Secretary of State Clinton and the Uranium One deal, they get a pass. And so, therefore, if you're an elite establishment group person, you get protection, and those standards are not. You're not held to those standards. However, if you're outside of their little circle of influence, they're going to run you roughshod. You get to, you got to prove your own innocence because you're predicated or prejudged as guilty. So therefore, they give them an opportunity to do more data mining, just like when Kavanaugh. They first got about three weeks or so ago. Remember, they were trying to get more information. They said only 20% of all his data has been out, so we got to get information from his days when he was working in the White House with the Bush administration. So that way they've got contracts with all these technology companies around the world, and like the guy from Singapore was talking about, China, you know, the Dragonfly Project, they want to bring that to America, but they test market it in other countries outside of America, and then they bring it home later. But they're doing, they got all these deals with all these technology companies around the world. They're going to be putting sensors in our shoes, sensors in all the sidewalks, and they got already licensed plate readers and retina scanners and everything, so if you're sitting at your your computer doing something you can't hide and they're going to use the dmvs and all these cable companies and your credit card companies and whatnot to data mine your information even further and then therefore they get to take more control over everything and if if that's not working the way they want it to then they'll 
manipulate stuff by planting evidence and information. And if they don't like Trump, I mean, you know, because they can't get Trump to do what they want, they'll fabricate it like they've done everything else. The same thing if they don't, if Kavanaugh doesn't want to go along with them and what they want done and do their little Machiavellian trick where the Democrats are playing wingman with the Republicans establishment group because Flake and all these guys, they're in on this stuff and Nikki Haley and whatnot. So they're just creating the obstacle to distract us from what they're really doing. So we're talking about Roe v. Wade and, you know, all these other things and whether he drank or didn't drink, whether he's credible from a character standpoint, and they don't care about that stuff. They're just using that as a, you know, I'm going to set your house on fire and then run around the front part of the house and bang on your door and sell you a fire extinguisher so they can just continue to manipulate and control. I mean, there's more to Amen. that, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Back to you in the show. Well, let's go ahead and bring it uh, over to you, Mike, and then we'll bring uh, things back around uh, to uh, the folks in line. First, it'll be uh, yourself, Mike. Then we'll bring in Kavika, uh, 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 or I'm sorry, and then uh, yourself, uh, Joseph, and then Susan. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to Mike. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, a gentleman, I forgot his name, but uh, he he said John. it accurately. You know, John, Mr. John, I, uh, he ha- he he he's very up to date. You know, in China right now, what they do, they have put camera uh, everywhere. As soon as you come, also in the UK, same thing. In the European Union, is the same. You know, China, as soon as you come, you're on the uh, camera until you go back to your uh, flat. Uh, we call it your flat uh, instead of apartment. So anyway, uh, then what they do, if you do a jaywalking, they put some minus into your... Uh, it's, it's a form of credit rating, let's put it that way. In United States, European Union... Uh, Etc. Uh, some part of uh, Latin America is uh, uh, credit uh, matters, you know. So over here in China, especially, uh, you know, they deduct some points from you, and then if you are uh, below that point, then they ask you to leave. Uh, for example, Beijing, uh, you have, to, uh, you know, where can you go? But you have to go to. Uh, maybe 500 miles, 800 miles to go someplace, and you can go live over there. So, yes, according wow. to that, uh, John, he is right. He is very up-to-date. Matter of fact, they, uh, you know, in Singapore also, very much the same, same way. But in Singapore, we are trained, uh, you know, to have, uh, you know, it's like Singaporean. You know, we follow the law to the last bit. We cannot, I mean, if you see a $100 bill, SGD, Singaporean dollar, in the f- 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 walking, you know, you can just look at it and move forward. You don't uh, touch it. You don't, at the most, if you saw police a little bit, you can say there's a $100 bill, but you cannot say it because if somebody took it, <laughs> for example, then... You know, again, you you will be found guilty. So you don't say nothing. My M M Y O B. Mind your own business. That's why in Singapore, you know, or or it can be, you know, as, as I said, police sting operation. And then 
you know, even if you touch it and show it to the police, they say, well, you have intent, intent to take $100 SGD. You see what I'm saying? So here in Singapore, wow. we are just uh, very, very calm people. I mean, we cannot use any bad words. We cannot use any kind of things because, you know, do you remember that uh, American guy uh, who painted, I mean, who uh, spray paints on the cars? And he had uh, to have eight slashes according to San, uh, Singapore laws. Oh yeah, United I, I, I remember Nation. that. That was some years ago, but yeah, I remember that out in some yeah. square or something. U- yeah. United Nation, and at that time, I think it's, it was, I think Bill Clinton uh, power. Yeah, Bill Clinton was still in power. He, they asked, they said no, he did the wrongdoing. This is Singapore, so according to our law, we have to do it. So, and there was another case in Thailand. It's very famous. You can Google it, and hopefully you find it. But it was in New York. Uh, you know, there were teenagers, like uh, five, six uh, teenagers together. And somebody approached them and said, hi, Tony, how are you? And so, oh, very good. And I said, he said, I have a mission for you. What's my mission? My my mission is I will give you fourteen thousand dollars of uh, you know dollars plus all your hotels and go have fun for two weeks in Thailand. And then what you have to do, you have to bring the uh, hashish or teriyak or opium uh, with you, but you have to put it in your uh, you know uh, body. So these teenagers, unfortunately, listened to this gentleman and went for the trip, had a fun for two weeks, and uh, as they passed the security uh, forces of the Thailand uh, airport, uh, Bangkok airport, so uh, immediately they, they got it. It because they have dogs and they have extras, you know, in, at that time they were more uh, ahead of us. So anyway, bottom line, they take them and according to Thailand, so they are in the uh, life in prison in the harshest form and cockroaches going on when they sleep, cockroaches and mouse going over them and United Nations. Even all the presidents uh, so far, I mean, a couple of presidents before George Bush request Thailand, say, okay, let us have do some some deal, something. We need these people back. They made the mistake. Said, no, they broke the law. They're going to stay here in Thailand until the life in prison. So we learn that wherever you live, you have to follow the law to the maximum as possible. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I'm trying to, uh, to 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 look that up and Google it. Uh, how, how long? Do you, do you know what year that was in? Uh, uh, it was time of Bill Clinton, or yeah, around the time of Bill Clinton was 1977. Uh, uh, Thailand, something like that. A few words, you, you, something should pop out in that regard. Yeah, 
Okay. But let yeah, me see if I can do it. Yeah, I, okay. while you guys talking, I can see if I can find the right article. I let you guys know. Go ahead, please. Okay. Okay. Great. And then, yeah, and you can send those articles uh, uh, to myself, and I can post them on our Facebook page. Uh, but you can send it through the uh, the Bard's Logic Little Talk page. Go to the contact page, and that's where you can send uh, send me emails uh, through you know through the the website. I do have a contact page where you can uh, reach out and send me that, that article. But let's go ahead, Anna, stated to bring it back around to uh, Kavika. Go ahead. Uh, let's bring you back to the show with your comments. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I love John's diatribe. It was it was it was perfect. It was perfect. I don't know. I didn't 100% agree with you know agree with it, but you know I, I loved it. I love what you know how he stated you know stated a lot of facts. What he was talking about. I uh, absolutely loved it. So kudos to you. Uh, yeah. Um, I do, be, you know, I do believe, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's really chaotic right now, and it's bad because we are experiencing growth. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We have not had a president like this since Calvin Coolidge. Everyone keeps saying Reagan. I said no, Coolidge. Coolidge is the only president in history to lower the budget. He kept us out of war. They said he was pro-war. No, he kept us out of war. He did so well that, you know, he didn't want to run for election. He goes, no, nah, I don't need to do it. And then they bring in Hoover, and Hoover really was uh, the establishment. He was a true rhino. So. Uh, yeah, it's a little turbulent times, but I think we, we uh, can much through it. But I like when he was talking about the Supreme Court. Look, one of the greatest books I ever read was uh, Mark Levine's The Men in Black, How the Supreme Court's Destroying America. I've read that book three times. It is an absolute great book. I, I recommend everyone here to read that. Go to the library. They have it. I don't know if it's stocking more at Barnes & Noble's or digital copy, but it's at the library. I can show you. And going back to due process, you know, during this Kavanaugh thing, I watched two movies. I watched *To Kill a Mockingbird* and uh, *The Crucible*. It's funny because *The Crucible* was written by uh, Arthur, who was accused of, who was a Bolshevik communist. So he was not within his, he was not within his constitutional rights. So he really wanted to overthrow the government, but he wrote an amazing play. And you know, I was watching *To Kill a uh, to Kill a Mockingbird* because it reminded me of that. You know, they, she couldn't remember anything, and she was lying. And, you know, Gregory Peck's character, Atticus, is saying, do you want to tell me what really happened? And then she starts going, you know, starts throwing a tantrum, a lot like what the mob and what Chris, uh, what Ford did. You know, due process, it's one of the foundations in our Constitution. It's in the 5th and 14th Amendment. There are not many countries on this earth that have due process. If you, I, I mean, you look at China. China doesn't have a Constitution. I don't know, you know, the gentleman from Singapore, I don't know how, you know, if they have due process or not. I know you're an American citizen, but originally are living in Singapore. I don't know how that works, but we are headed towards, you know, mob rule of, you know, of an oligarchy. And John's right. The establishment gets a free pass. Senator Dianne Feinstein should be thrown in prison for what she did. She needs to be impeached, removed, and thrown in prison. Of course, give her a trial, but she what she, what she did. All right. Uh, I 100% I, I agree with that. Two, about Kavanaugh. I said this on Facebook. I thought my brother was like, you know, overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah, Roe v. Wade is unconstitutional. I can give you the entire playbook on how it's unconstitutional. They had to go – they had to use Griswold versus Connecticut, which was constitutional, but they th they flipped it in their own words. If Kavanaugh is a true you know, justice on the Supreme Court like Scalia, Thomas, and they'll overturn Marbury versus Madison and give the power to the state. That's how I think. If he was true to his work, he'll overturn Marbury versus Madison, the most unconstitutional act ever done by the Supreme Court. Because I, I said it in class I, when I was in college. I said it everywhere. 
where in the Constitution, and I was still thought a Constitution, I always cared one on me, I know I was that much of a nerd. Can you tell me where the Supreme Court is the final arbitrary, I mean, arbitrary of power? Where does it say? I said, no, it's in the state. The Supreme Court was never allowed to be a branch of government. They were an implied power, just like the post. It's an implied power. So we, you know, we are headed towards something like that, and we have to start checking our power. And back to searches and seizures, one of a, a historical case, and it's, it, I don't know why it wasn't on the news, it wasn't on Fox News or anything. It was Rodriguez versus California. Even though it was a six to three ruling in favor of the authorities, it was, believe it or not. Clarence Thomas, Justice Scalia, and Sotomayor, who said no, that it is unconstitutional for the police to search and seizures without the probable cause, even if they feel it, even if it's uh, direct and gut feeling. You can look it up, Rodriguez versus California. It's not the first Rodriguez versus California, but it, it, it's in there. So, yeah, I mean, what we saw, in, like, I, I was, like I said earlier, it was disgusting because the Supreme Court is not a king yet. They do not have that power. Now, granted, they are very, they are an integral part of, you know, of how our constitutional republic works. But they do not have power. They do not have a budget. They don't fund government, and they are, are and they don't have an army. So I don't know why we politicize, you know, the the Supreme Court and how we're going and how we're going forward. And yes, uh, back to what John was saying, the elites do have a special rule. I'll say this now, and I, and I know maybe someone's listening. Hillary Clinton would have been shot earlier, a long time ago, if at least didn't have the power for what she did. Uranium One, uh, what else? Her husband doing uh, deals with uh, with China back in 1999 with the L'Oreal Corporation. Did the media cover that? No. They got we got about 30 seconds worth of media coverage on that. We don't talk about that stuff. We don't talk about you know. We talked about how Bush, you know, all these celebrities out there. Oh, you're abusing your power, and they made all the movies like Batman. And uh, Batman Begins and uh, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight, those were all stabs at Bush. But when Obama came to power, oh no, Lord Jesus, Obama, he got a free pass. National Defense Act, uh, Authorization Act, passed. NDA, passed. NSA, spying, passed. Spying on uh, influencing uh, Israel, Germany elections, no problem. Correct. You know, I, I never understood that. You know, in, in class, I, I got accused of like, you know, why do you hate Obama so much? I worked on his campaign in 2008. I hate who the hell I want. I said, because he lied to us flat out. He didn't do anything. He got a free pass. He, oh, by the way, he did do three good three things that Dinesh Sosa uh, said perfectly. He expanded our government. Budgets were out of control. There were no budget. He didn't have a budget for over a thousand days, and the Islamic State grew. Well, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just I, I don't understand how you know Democrats get a free pass, but Republicans they're scrutinized left and right. And one of the big things I tell people, you do know that Obama was a war hawk, right? He almost got us in a World War III, if you're not, if you're not, drone strikes. Hey, he was for drone, unless Rand Paul filibustered, we would have had drone strikes in this country. No due process. Yeah, I, I, I definitely remember those. I certainly remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, everything that he's did. And then he got, didn't he get the uh, Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> yeah, exactly. President Trump has been the most anti war president since Calvin Coolidge. And he's also kept his promises. If Republicans in true, uh, you know, constitutions want to keep their power, have a commercial this. What did, Trump, what did Trump say? Part of my language, he said, I'm going to bomb the shit out of him. He did it. He sent 59 out of 61 tomahawks to Syria and said, you keep crossing. We're gonna we're gonna teach you a lesson. The Islamic uh, ISIS they are contained. 
they're scared. You know, I, I think you said, I, I heard the message, someone's daughter's going to go to Europe. Europe's a little bit safer now because of this administration. It's been a domino effect against the establishment. Hungary is refusing to have any immigrants, and BBC tried to attack them. He was like Trump, because I don't care. He call me racist all you want. He goes, I care about my people. Same thing with Poland. Right. Who knew Poland had the cojones to say no? And look at that. Holland, uh, I mean, Hungary, Poland, even Italy. Italy's starting to rise up. They were, they elected a conservative. They're like, no, we're tired of it. Look at Brazil mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a wave. Look what happened to uh, Balsaro, I think his name. He was stabbed. Uh, the media, CNN, said, oh, it was a light wound. He lost 40% of blood. He was in the hospital. Wow. But he persi- yeah, he persisted. In, they truly believe he's going to be the next president of Brazil. Angela Merkel, she's about to get ousted out. She's very unpopular. Germans hate right. her. Right, yes, she is. I've talked to a lot of Germans. They're like, no, we can't stand her. So, no, the establishment, no, they, they've been ruling for quite some time, but I really believe this is, you know, they call, they call it blowback theory, but it's called blowback. And it does go back to Machiavelli, you know, the third rule, the crowd of the the crowd consists of vulgar, and the vulgar, the vulgar, the crowd consists of the vulgar, and the vulgar appeases to the crowd. And Trump does that perfectly. And the, uh, but one thing the elites do, though, is that they they take their faults and then they blame it on somebody else. It's it's, it's oh yeah, perfect redirection. Yeah, it's sociopathy. Yeah, it's redirecting. It's sociopathy. But see, Trump doesn't care in his uh, a lot. Many in his industry, they just don't care. Like, like and is that all you have? So they create, like what John was saying, they fabricate. They start creating new stuff. And it goes back to, you know, full circle to back to due process. You're not allowed to do that. There's not a court in the world that would ever allow that. But you get a free pass? And, like, and you know, I want to bring this back to, like, Richard Nixon. I tell people Richard Nixon was never impeached. He was on conspiracy charges. Remember, he never admitted to Watergate. It was, consp- it was a conspiracy that he was in on it. We have no factual proof. I tell people many times, I said, really? What? I said, can you have the proof? No, but I learned. I said, do you have the proof? There's been no factual proof. He's never came forward. No one has even been, you know, people who worked with him have said, he was never part of it. This is a conspiracy. Ask Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz said, no, Richard, the one who was audited by Richard Nixon said, there's really no, he, no, we have no proof that he was a part of it. It's, they got him on conspiracy. Democrats took full mm-hmm. control of the House and Senate, and because of that, we lost Richard Nixon because of that. Vietnam went to communism, and because of that, the world suffered. We went to a, a we went through a heavy stagnation, and a lot of people failed to realize is because Nixon was resigned, and they brought in and the establishment brought in Ford, and Ford oh he did his damage left and right. There's my dad. <laughs> well, definitely, there's a, a, a timeline, certainly a timeline there, uh, and let's go ahead and uh, as I uh, promised, bring it over to. Uh, you, Joseph, and then uh, we'll bring it uh, to you, Susan, and then uh, and then John, and then uh, we'll uh, try to get as much time as we can for our uh, last topic. And Susan, thank you very much. Uh, actually, Susan had to go. Uh, she's got uh, work early in the morning, and for uh, for her, it's uh, late in the evening. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring mm-hmm. it back uh, to you, Joseph. Thank you. Uh, yes, actually, you know, um, our friend from Singapore, uh, what's his name? My apologies. Mike, 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 ma'am. Yes. Uh, Mike, Mike, it has been enlightening to have you on the show uh, because you have opened up doors 
to uh, me seeing things in different perspectives that I would have never thought in a million years. So I want to thank you for your contribution to the show. You're but, most welcome. You know, My pleasure. Thank you. Um, you said something that really stood out, the rule of law and how other countries such as Singapore and Thailand enforce the rule of law. And this is the argument that I've had for years is that the United States we are the free leader of the world, you know, the home of the brave, and yet we have a big faction of Americans who do not respect the rule of law. But yet if you were to go to Thailand or Singapore, uh, you know, just picking up a $100 bill is enough to lock you away. Or as the drug charges in Thailand, and there's no leeway there. And that is the fundamental problem in America, is that the rule of law is not enforced. People come here and, uh, you know, they think that the rule of law does no longer apply. And this is an argument of the left, of embracing this, embracing that the rule of law doesn't apply unless it fits their narrative, unless it is a proponent of their causes. And uh, I just greatly appreciate you, Mike, uh, you know, reminding, um, you know, people that other countries don't tolerate anyone not following the rule of law. And if someone dares to break it, they will enforce it to the max. And here we are in America, and the rule of law is nothing more than a sentence. It no longer has Well, that's just like our borders, no right? <laughs> it, it, yeah. Exactly. And, and for those on the left it, it, who it, say... Oh, well, illegal immigration, that's so cruel. You know, it's like, wait a minute. So you have third world countries that if you were to cross their border, they would deport you without hesitation. And this is just an example. So no offense to third world countries whatsoever. It's just an example. Especially India and Pakistan. Right, exactly. Valid point. You cross yeah. their borders, they won't even hesitate to deport oh you within 48 hours. catch you right away. Exactly, and yet you come to America and it's, oh, no, illegal immigrants have more status than people who came here legally or who have citizenship, and, and no wonder why the world looks at us and laughs at us. Uh, we're a joke. I don't understand how come they get food, food stamp free, or EBT, you call it, EBT free, exactly. medical free. Why, why? I don't understand why basis an American citizen doesn't give, get any damn thing, anything. Why? It, it, exactly. I, I don't understand why either. It's crazy because last I heard, you take care of your own before you take care right. of anyone else. That's the way That's it right. should be. You take care of your own before you take care of, of anyone else. And what I mean by that is you take care of your citizens before you start handing handouts to other people who are not citizens or don't have legal status. And in 2018 right. is the reverse. If you have a legal status, you can even get a driver license, but yet my father, who was a veteran and served in the Korean War, he's 83, dying of cancer, and they won't even pay the 20% of his insurance that Medicare covers 80%, and he's a veteran who served his country with pride. He's in the back of the line, and that's sad. That, that is completely sad. Well, and, and those are the type of things that really need to be pushed out to the American people during this election. Is I mean, uh, really, I mean, I think you, you'll get a lot of your independence that way and say, look, the Democrats have shown 
over and over and over again that they're more concerned about the needs of non-citizens in this country uh, than they are, you know, and than they are about their own citizens, uh, you know, uh, you know, who who are here or even abroad, like yourself, Mike. I mean, they, uh, you know, they they cater to uh, people who are, are not our citizens more so than they do to the people who live here, you know, are, are citizens of the United States. That's why one uh, woman, it was in Atlanta, I believe, you know, her food stamp was cut, uh, cut very dramat- dramatically. She she was losing herself so bad. But I mean, why? Why we have to, uh, you know, somebody else comes here. We are U.S. citizens. We work hard for it to get it or be born with it. I mean, to this country, beloved country. But then, I mean, when George Bush said, uh, a, a Constitution of the United States is goddamn piece of paper, I mean, that was end of the whole United States. Hey, Robert. That's pretty deep right there, John. Go ahead. Um, well, I wanted to ask you a quick question just to make sure I understand. Isn't there a second person caller from Hawaii that spoke right before you gave the floor focus to Joseph? Yeah, that's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's John Kavika. That's what? Kavika? Yeah. Kavika. Oh, okay. I was getting, I was getting confused. I was like, wait, I know I heard another person speak. And then whenever Joseph referred to Michael, I was getting rolled was he referring to what Kavika said? But I didn't know what Kavika's name was at that point. And, or is he confusing Kavika with Michael? So I just wanted to make sure I was thinking, had my head straight. No, no you go, John. <laughs> yeah, I think part of the issue that we have to keep in mind, too, in this whole process is it's king of the hill, survival of the fittest. These people that are in positions of they got resources, whether they're financially stable or whatnot. Many of them are living, you know, right on the edge too, because just because you're a millionaire does not mean that you don't have, you know, millions of dollars just hanging out there. It's just like the banks and stuff. Whenever they got ready to go belly up, what they do, they went and cried to Hank Paulson and George Bush to help bail them out because yeah, they're working with trillions of dollars and stuff. But if yeah. they can't make sure cash flow stays fluid, then they they're belly up, and that's why a lot of the elitists got so much money invested in all these systems and you know whatever you want to call it around the world, they're not willing to risk losing it, and so they're going to pull every string they can to try to make sure that they stay maintaining control. And as far as what Joseph was referring to, Joseph from Hawaii. Um, we don't have a rule of law in America. We never have since the Constitution. But just think about what Kavika was saying about the due process. When you go to vote and you, put, you know, all of us elect somebody, whoever gets elected goes into office, they are now stewards by a trust agreement of your intellectual property called self-governing. That's yours. You own it. And you've just now allowed them to administer and manage 
your intellectual property, self-governing, on your behalf to do you no harm and do it with it the way you would want it to be done as if you were administrating it yourself. That's why it's called representation, because you have a trust fiduciary agent relationship that they are not supposed to do you harm, but they're supposed to act responsibly on your behalf because they're managing and administrating your property. Well, Mm -hmm. what do they do? And they've done this for every administration since our Constitution was founded. They get into office, and then they deny you your due process rights of good faith bargaining, good faith negotiations, mutuality agreement on the rules, laws, processes, and procedures of self-governing. They've rendered you a legislative slave by extrinsic fraud fraudulent misrepresentation, exploitation, and extortion because they extort the tax dollars out of you in order for paying for all this stuff that they do on their agenda, but they don't let you decide what the agenda is, but they make you accountable and obligated to that agenda without you giving your consent. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. So you are actually just a legislative slave. That's the way a pimp represents a prostitute. They're committing extrinsic fraud, coercion, duress, exploitation, extortion, racketeering, embezzlement. So they've just already thrown the Constitution out the window because Article 4, Section 2 of the United States Constitution says the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens in the several states. Where's your due process rights of good faith bargaining, you know, good faith negotiations, mutuality of agreement, and deciding what you will be burdened and encumbered with? They get that right. So, therefore, they get into office. What do they do? They make sure that all of them and their favored family group and their henchmen and their accomplices in crime have a high-speed access lane to their pursuit of happiness while they put up roadblocks, you know, speed bumps, hurdles, and walls mm-hmm. for you and the rest of us, and they infringe um, a bridge and deny us our right to a high-speed, fast lane pursuit of happiness. So it's a psychological scam. To make everybody think you are free and you're uh, self-governing, when you're true. not. So you, you, it's all a Machiavellian, uh, Luciferian scam to take in self. It's called um, self-governing nullification. They've nullified you as a citizen, and this voting and the elections and all that stuff is nothing but a, a puppet um, Kabuki theater marionette. Play in order to make mm-hmm. you think there's some justice and legitimate integrity in the yes. system, and all the rest of the stuff is just an is just a sleight of mind, sleight of hand trick like any magician does, and they play they got their wingman on the on the elitist group playing the games. It's just like whenever we were referring to um, the Russia investigation and earlier, well, gee whiz, all the media is owned by these oligarchies. And these are these super wealthy people that want to maintain exclusive control. The self-governing is one thing if all of us got to govern, but they don't. They nullify you and I's right to self-govern, and they want exclusive governing control over everything, leaving you and I out of the picture. But what they do is they'll take this, you know, like the uh, Russia investigation, and they, they just say you and I, no access to the secret information, the FISA courts, and the documentation. That way they can get away. They'll have a cloak to get away with their nefarious, malicious mischief. And then what do they do? They manipulate that so that way 
whenever anybody else wants to have access to it, and they say, no, only the privileged people get to do it. Well, naturally, if we're all equal citizens, self-governing, then you and I have the right of oversight, and they've just nullified you yes. from the right of oversight. And if you are an owner of your own self-governing, they've it's fraudulent conveyance. They've conveyed to themselves the benefits of your property and denied you the right to exercise ownership privileges of it. It's a major scam all the way around, and people don't think of it, it in the detail. That's true. And think I of, mean, and can look, you make it quick? Wait, one last point. Wait, one last point, John. Let me finish this, uh, and then I'll just relinquish the four. The media and the congressman all have connections to Russia, but they didn't get any Mueller investigation, and they've proven it with actual real um, material evidence and facts that they got connections with Russia and, and what's going on. But see, they get exempted from the system. But anybody that has anything to do with Trump, they want to make sure and follow that trail to make sure they can get as much data and information as possible because they want that in the database so they can use it for later blackmail. Back to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, can I say a quick comment uh, for him, please? Mike, Mike, first of all, uh, he's absolutely true to whatever he said. I I agree with him. He's the best. Uh, I mean, first of all, do you know who elects our president? It's not by voting of the people. Because if it was by voting of people, Hillary got the most vote. Uh, uh, in the election, but it uh, it's um, elected by electoral college, my dear friends. Therefore, we the people has now nothing to say at all. We just uh, happy that I vote. For example, oh my gosh! But you don't know that you never elect anybody. In uh, by voting it, by voting it, it's just certain uh, electoral colleges, and they can always at the last moment they can go different route, uh, and everybody said what we we thought that we have all uh, uh, I mean uh, who are those people uh, electing the president electoral college? You know, it's not me, it's not you, it's not John, it's not. Uh, everybody under this uh, America, three hundred thirty million people. So from the is is the sham elections, everything sham in the United States, and people know that. If if we don't know that to, tonight, we should know that everything is sham. Go ahead, please. And uh, Joseph, would you like to uh, respond on that, or Kavika? Yeah, I'd love to respond on that. Uh, I kind of kind of disagree on uh, something on something. Uh, Mike, the electoral college is one of the greatest things that keeps our constitutional republic going. I would never in a million years, and there's a strong movement on both the left and right to abandon the electoral college. I mean, you heard uh, Ocasio Cortez, who I think is, I think she's mentally retarded. I'm gonna go ahead and use the politically incorrect term, uh, incorrect term. I think I truly believe she's like no, mentally no, retarded and, right a product, <laughs> and a product and a product of higher education, and I do not give that as a compliment. That is the biggest insult I could ever think of. The Electoral College protects us from the, from uh, from democracy. You know, I used to say in class, you know, to a girl, I say, you want to know the difference from, uh, elect- from democracy to republic? Democracy. All in favor to slap you. Say aye. Aye. 
nay, nay. If there's more eyes, I'm going to slap you. Say, okay, Republic, all in favor to slap you. Aye, aye, nay, one nay. Guess what? I can't slap you because you're allowed due process. I have to have probable cause in order to slap you. That's the difference from a democracy to a republic. A democracy is a, is an oligarchy because it's the majority rule. So, you know, the Electoral College is a foundation of our constitutional republic, and there is no way. Yes, the Electoral College works. I would never, ever, ever go against something so beautiful because this isn't the first time. And going back to, you know, like, you know, the representation and everything, I agree with you on a lot of that. It's because we have the 16th and 17th Amendment that are unconstitutional that are in our Constitution. You know, the direct 17th Amendment is the direct representation of senators by the people. That's not how federalism works. The state voted – each state represented you know, by their congress about their constituents and the representatives said, okay, these are our two best people. We're sending the congress. The progressives got the idea that you know, having no senators being elected by people – was the way corporations got their way. That's truly not that's totally not false. I think Upton Sinclair and all those other authors, I forgot what the other one was, who, you know, I think they're burning in hell for what they did to our to, you know, to the so called progressive era in our country, which wasn't a progressive era. It was actually a regressive era. You know, I'll say this as a Republican. Teddy Roosevelt was one of our worst presidents. He brought about the FBI, he brought about he personally uh, even though he didn't put it into law for the income tax and direct representation of senators, and he tried to run on a third term, which was very, very, very immature on his part. So no progressive progressive ideology is what destroyed our republic. Uh, tethering on that, you know, the ideology, you know, that we're controlled by families. I, I agree and I disagree. One thing I agreed with Obama and you might know, might kill me on this. A lot of people is that. He was going to veto a bill that would have allowed the families to sue the terrorists of 9-11. As much as I disliked Obama, as much as I couldn't stand his rule, I had to side with him on that because I still have to believe in my heart that we are still a constitutional republic. We are guided by the rule of law. There are people who the rule of law do not apply, and they'll get theirs in the end. And I know it's very, it's very hard to believe that, but I truly believe they're going to get theirs in. And that's why Trump was elected because we said – no more. And what you know, and that's what keeps me going. And and you know, like as with as a purge, leftists don't want to purge with uh, conservatives. You know, to 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 quote Brad Pitt in Fight Club, he told that. What did you tell that mayor? You're going to stop this investigation. Why? We clean your toilet, we cook your food, and we guard you while you sleep. Don't f with us. And that's conservatives. We guard your country. We cook your food, and we definitely guard you by it while you sleep. Don't f with them. You know that. May, may I? In, yeah, may go I ahead. interject. Sure. Yeah, um, Joseph. Um, uh, thank you, Robert. And and Robert, this is something that I have consistently brought up on on the show um, about the electoral college. I disagree with the electoral college system. Uh, it is the only reason that has kept the two-party system in power for uh, over 100 years. Uh, and I agree with Mike about the Electoral College. Uh, why is it impossible for a third viable political party to take control is because of the Electoral College being set up. It makes it virtually impossible for a viable third-party system to be set up. And that's why we're stuck with a two-party failed system 
that is failing. Exactly. That has failed this country for a yes. long time. And so I am adamantly against electoral college. I don't believe it is the best thing that has happened to us. I think it is the worst thing that has happened to us yes. because the Democratic politicians and Republican politicians love the electoral college because that is what has kept them in power for hundreds of years, and that is what is continuing to keep them in power. And unless the electoral college is eliminated, we will never have a third viable party system or or, or no alternative. So virtually we're stuck with the Democrats and the Republicans, whether we like it or not, and really what it boils down to is the lesser of the two evils, which is subject to interpretation. So I'm with you on that, Mike. Thank you very much. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, uh, look at other countries, European Europe, they have 50, 60, 100. India, they have uh, over 900 uh, political parties. I mean, every Singapore, uh, I mean, to Australia, I mean, look at even Russia. Russia has uh, many, many, many. Uh, or island, as you uh, uh, say it, please. Yeah, I mean, we are the only one stuck with two-party system. One, I mean, either eight years of Democrat, eight years of, uh, or four years of uh, Democrats, uh, four years of Republican, and then we don't know what the hell we want. I mean, it's it's just they, oligarchy, they rule us forever. Never been the birth of this nation government of people, for the people, by the people. It was always government of cooperation, for the cooperation, by the corporations. Go ahead, please. Can I jump in? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. Yeah, um, yeah, I I really, I wish we had more time to really dive into this, because both, everybody's true. From from our myopic view and understanding of what the electoral college does, because see the problem in my humble opinion is, and this is oh man, see if you got the system to work correctly, the electoral college would not allow these two party systems to run control like it does. What part of the reason why the two party system is corrupt is they have went in and done deals with each state in order to um, finagle, rig the election laws to keep out third-party people. The Electoral College is not really the problem. The problem is the people who's actually operating the system are allowing this corruption to go on, and that's why the Electoral College appears to be the problem. If that's really not the issue, or that. From my humble opinion, it's not because otherwise you would have three or four big states actually picking the president, and all of the flyover country in between would never get representation at all. The Electoral College guarantees that the flyover country gets actual equal representation in the decision of what was supposed to be um, happening in our government. Unfortunately, the oligarchy of the well-connected shadow government deep state have went in and bought power and control over the election process to root out third parties, and then they have people like Senator uh, Utah Senator Mike Lee, who goes to the Republican National Committee Rules Committee and stands up in the middle halfway through, you can look this up on C-SPAN, halfway through the 
um, uh, rules committee meeting, he stands up and says, all you delegates, vote your conscience, you know, because he wanted Ted Cruz to get the nomination instead of Donald Trump. And then we know what happened on the Democratic side. You know, Hillary Clinton got all her super delegates in the Democratic side mm-hmm. to be able to kick off, um, uh, what's his name, old man? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. They've rigged the actual rules of the system in order to make the Electoral College look like it's actually not serving its purpose. That's because it's not being operated the way it was set up and intended to. Yeah, you One of the things, you know, I've I've said many times on the the show is, you know, I'm, I'm. you know, my pride support the the system I support the most is uh, Ireland, and you know I mentioned that earlier. Ireland's uh, system, the way they do voting, not only do they have multiple parties, and not only do they not do first past the post like we do here, um, is they do also proportional um, and preferential uh, voting. So you know, you got three candidates, regardless of their party, you vote your preference. And so you know, then they do the process of elimination. You know, it's, it's pretty mathematical, and I, I don't know all the, all, all the mathematics to it. I mean, I get kind of basis, and one of these shows are going to have somebody come on to uh, certainly explain it. Uh, you know, yes. it's, it's, let's say there's three candidates of three different parties, but you like one better than the other. Well, you, you can actually vote for all of them in, in, in order of your preference, and I think that's the, the most representative. <laughs> Rep- representative, I can't exactly. talk about, you know, but, you know, I mean, representative uh, method yes, yes, uh, of exactly. getting it because you know you're, you don't feel like you got to vote for the lesser of the two evils. You vote for the people that you like, and then you but, know first, like and then you vote for the people who you know, like, well, if this person goes in, at least we can settle for this one. Exactly, yeah, well, and it. it's not oh, happening. God. It's not happening only in this country. It's happening in many parts of Middle East as well too. I mean, Saudi Arabia. I mean, Iran and many other countries in Middle East, and many parts of the African countries as well too. Same, same policy, same dictatorship, fascism is also over there. Go ahead, please. And uh, I do see, uh, you know, being mindful of the, the time of the show, uh, we've got, uh, you know, a number of calls here. We'd like to uh, hear, uh, Mike, uh, you know, Canoe here. You're certainly welcome back, uh, you know, next week. As we do what's called our closing comments. What I like to do uh, is give everybody, you know, a couple minutes to make closing comments about all the uh, topics tonight. I, we didn't get an opportunity to uh, go over uh, the last topic this evening, which, you know, Frankly, it's one of my favorites would be the, the idea of the new uh, Space Force. And what we'll probably do is have that topic uh, carry over to next week uh, where we'll be discussing that, of course, among other topics as well, because uh, we usually get two, three topics in uh, the three-hour show. So we'll definitely be talking more about that. I don't think a lot of people know exactly what that is, the history behind it, uh, things of that nature, uh, and why it's you know, a good thing for many reasons. Uh, but we'll do that next show. But what I like to do is give each person a you know, couple minutes before I have to close out the show uh, to give their final thoughts about uh, the topics tonight. So and what we'll do is each person get a couple minutes there. And so the, what we'll do is the way the folks come in. So the first uh, person we'll go to is uh, yourself, Joseph, uh, for your closing comments. And then we'll go with uh, Kavika. And then we'll give it over to you, Mike, and then John. 
uh, and then I'll close out the show. Uh, again, each person has about um, uh, two minutes before I have to shut things down for this evening. Uh, so go ahead, Joseph. Uh, Robert, I'd have to say this has been a blockbuster show. Uh, it's by far one of the best shows I have ever been on, and I've been a loyal listener for years. Wonderful way to make a comeback. Uh, you know, what Kavika has brought to the table, what John has brought to the table, what Mike has brought to the table has been definitely awe-inspiring. And what I find amazing is that we are all able to advance the political dialogue uh, in a civil way, the way that it should be. And with no vitriol, having differing views on certain things and certain things we agree on, we're all able to conduct ourselves with civility and most importantly, we're able to back up what we say. And this is the problem in America today. And you, you, you brought up the point of your friend on Facebook who you had to unfriend because this is the, the political turmoil. You can't even have a civil, intellectual, political conversation anymore. Uh, it seems like to have one is, is suicide or it, it gets really ugly. And I love that we've, we're able to come into this show, we're able to bring up the, the topics that are relevant, and we're able to back up what we say, uh, whether we agree wholeheartedly or not. But most importantly, we, we advance the dialogue with civility, with grace, with respect for each other. And that is what's lacking in America politics today. That is what the parties are doing. They're hijacking the freedom of speech and making it into, you know, if God forbid you disagree, uh, your head is on the chopping block. And that is a big fundamental problem in today's political arena. And uh, I wish that we would have more like-minded people that are on this show that would uh, think the way that we do. Uh, and that we could just have a, an intelligent political uh, conversation without having to, uh, you know, want to put our heads on the chopping block. It's, the, it's what made America the greatest country in the world, freedom of speech, you know, um, what we profess. And uh, today we don't have freedom of speech. We have censorship. And uh, I hope uh, to uh, hear more from uh, the participants of today's show. And, Robert, it's great to be back. Thank you. Yeah, it certainly is. And I do appreciate, uh, you know, everybody, uh, you know, coming back on and, you know, and for the new folks who uh, called in, you're certainly welcome uh, to uh, join us on our subsequent show. So let's bring it uh, over to one of those gentlemen. And that's uh, to you, Kavika. Thank you very much. Uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, this was a very exciting show. And I'm very grateful that you let me on. And everyone who was on the discussion board, I, I love hearing your opinions. I love, you know, like Joseph said, you can back it up. And we're very civil, and this is what politics needs to be. We need to be civil. I used to tell, I used to blow people away. As you know, who Ronald Reagan, one of his best friends was Tip O'Neill, Speaker of the House, Democrat. They would go at each other's throats all day, and they'd have dinner by six o'clock. I mean, we need to have these discussions. You know, some of my best friends are, you know, it's on Facebook, and I congratulate them. I said, thank you for not unfriending me because I was off Facebook for about eight months. They go, no, no problem. You know, another one was actually a very flamboyant gay gentleman, and he goes, no, he goes, I'm not a liberal, I'm a conservative. And then we started talking. He goes, no, he goes, I was against the ruling for gay marriage. He goes, I don't want the government in my business. That's my thing. So we need to have these civil things. You know, the foundation of our free republic is freedom of speech. And, you know, I tell people, you know, I created the hashtag Remember Skokie. Regardless of what you feel of somebody, they have that right for freedom of speech. It doesn't matter if it offends you. 
you have that right. And, you know, I'll always fight for the, I'll always fight for, you know, for the freedom of speech, the freedom of association. These people shouldn't be losing their jobs, you know, over what they believe or what they say. Now, granted, if you're a public educator and you call for the assassination of a, a justice, I, yes, you should be asked because you're a public educator. But your other job, that's, you know, like we say up here, that's not your kuleana. That's theirs. Let them have it. Because if you take that away from them, too, they're really going to start hating. You know, we have to have these discussions. You know, we have, and we have to have disagreements so we can learn from each other. And, you know, I'm just, I, I really miss it. I wish we were back in the days where we could just have a political discussion without any, anyone getting offended, everyone throwing, throwing tantrums. You know, we, we have to bring that back. And Joseph's right. The, the parties, I, I would say more so to the left, have been hijacked by, by fascists, by people. If you disagree with me, I'm going to make sure everything in your power, you know, to destroy you. Alan Dershowitz, who is a liberal, said, he goes, I'm more comfortable with people who are conservative on the right than people who are on the left. The reason why is because the people on the right who are conservative, they're not going to attack me. They're not going to say anything to me. They'll disagree with me, but they're not going to attack me. They're not going to find out where I live. They're not going to try to shoot me. People on the left, they're unhinged. You know? But, no, uh, thank you for having me on the show, and I uh, hope, to be, hope to join you again next week if I have the time. Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and go ahead, Mike. Uh, the floor is yours. Yes. Uh, you know, thank you very much for everyone. As uh, also that uh, very civil. This is called real American, uh, you know, demonstration. That we all talk. We look for similarities, and more than we look for differences. And also, I want to talk about. You know, by the year two, 2025, uh, pretty much uh, all all the world are lose. Uh, the, everybody will lose their jobs because of automation, because of the robots are uh, taking their jobs away from them, and in that situation, uh, you know, right now in many parts of Europe. They already give UBI, universal basic income, to everyone. The reason is whether they're working or they're retired, doesn't matter. They get a, uh, every month's re- uh, uh, UBI. And uh, basically in 2025, uh, in United States also, it will be everybody will get UBI, $1,000 minimum every month, regardless of your work or your retirement, because they have done that in many other countries uh, just for entry levels, and they saw that economic got only better and uh, crime went lower as possible. And, you know, because when people are hungry, people do the crime. So uh, that's something I wanted to uh, talk to you guys. Uh, have it right now for future. I will tell you exactly in Las Vegas, 49.8% jobs will be lost. So what you want to do with all these people in America, uh, that uh, in cities by cities, uh, I have the listing exactly how many people will be out of jobs. In Los Angeles, 55%. 
of uh, people will be out of job. So you, you need to replace it with something. So until they find different jobs or, you know, or they go all towards automation that maybe they need repair the uh, robot. Maybe everybody will be working in that area and some uh, technology. Maybe everybody will be working in that uh, too. But the universal basic income, uh, I, I, I do uh, like it, and that's for you guys to research it, and maybe we can talk about it more in the next uh, show. Thank you very much. No, oh, thank you very much. That, that would be uh, definitely a fascinating uh, topic, and if you want to send me uh, information on that, again, uh, you can go to the Bard's Logic Political Talk uh, website at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. There is a contact page. Uh, where you can be able to reach me and send uh, out information to me uh, through there. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, John. Yeah, I just want to encourage each and everybody that's listening to, you know, tune back in as well as the people that called in and spoke on the show today to continue to play their unique position in helping us move forward as a united states of america because regardless of what anybody says every one of you are equally important you're equally significant you're equally valuable and you're equally worthy of self-determining your own burdens and encumbrances of self-governing and we're all in this together whether we like it or not i want to take my hat off um, to you too rob there's very few national treasures that care to use their resources to actually stimulate truth and justice and some form of access to try to have harmony and unity in getting through this system. Because we're not going to we're not going to make it through if everybody keeps wanting to use the government as a you know go in to get into government so they have power and then they want to use it as a weapon to make everybody else submit to them. We all learn from each other, and we all continue to grow in knowledge and wisdom by learning from each other, and then we can make more intellectual, rational decisions. You don't realize how much I can say I've learned a lot in just the last few years I've been paying attention to this show. So back to you. Thank you so very much, and glad you're back. I hope you had a great time while you're gone and all your family and everything's taken care of and you got all the money for your Italy trip for your daughter. Back to you. Well, I appreciate it, uh, John. Thank you very much. I, I'm not quite there. I've got about half of it uh, for her trip. Um, uh, uh, people get updates. It can also be on the uh, the website uh, on my gift page. I'm about halfway there. I need to get the other half by uh, uh, February of next year. So there's time. Um, but, yeah, so we'll get there. Uh, but I do appreciate everyone. Uh, but, unfortunately, it's time for me to close things out. And I will close out tonight as a new every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you should be able to hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. Uh, thanks again, folks. I hope to see everyone next time. And uh, certainly send me that information so we can uh, discuss the UBIs and also the uh, I mean, just Google uh, it. You should be a UBI future, future, futurist, uh, UBI, and AI uh, is taking over the uh, jobs. Similar things, you will find that it should be under futurism 
something.com and then a slash. I mean, they, they bring it. it. It tells you breakdown of the old countries and United States that how many jobs will be lost by 2025. I mean, you know already that McDonald's, when you order, uh, it is it's done in India. You know that. Yeah, whenever you they push... Yep. Uh, uh, or you order it's 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 typed and in India and then they will see it right.